Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the uh, Promethean Tides podcast. Uh, I am General, uh, and uh, this is uh, Breaker. Hello Breaker, how you doing? Oh snap indeed, uh, and uh, we are uh, joined by Parallax uh, for this episode. He was actually uh, in the end part of uh, the last one, but I guess he's... Uh, Gonna be here for uh, the this 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 whole show. Um, so uh, how you doing, Parallax? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. I'm doing very well myself. Uh, Great. Last last week, I wasn't exactly uh, entirely on the ball because I was uh, dealing with at the time a little bit of the the old uh, salmonella infection that was very unpleasant. I had a fever for like uh, five days, and I. Uh, uh, felt felt like absolute shit. Uh, uh, thank you, broccoli cheddar soup. But you know what? It was a, a great uh, weight loss technique because in five <coughs> days I lost like ten to twelve pounds, and so I gotta say that is phenomenal. I don't know why it is that uh, more uh, like white women don't try that uh, uh, weight loss uh, technique. A um, little bit of suffering, but, you know, pain is just suffering. Pain is just weakness leaving the body. So, anyway. They're too busy getting their intestines eaten through by freaking tapeworms. Mm -hmm. There, There is also the tapeworm strategy. Also legitimate. So, honestly, uh, there, there, was, there was some news this week. Let's see. We had Ryan Kelly who is running as the uh, Republican uh, for uh, governor of Michigan. Uh, he was arrested because I guess he happened to be at the January 6th uh, insurrection. And I guess that because he uh, waved his hands in the wrong direction at one point, uh, the FBI has decided that he ought to be arrested. I th of course, this is... This is the, uh, the, 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 the peak democracy um, that uh, is just maximally fortified and ensures that everything is going as planned. It's a beautiful system that we have. Um, someone tried to, uh, I guess, assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. Um, in general, I would say that I'm mostly against trying to assassinate uh, Supreme Court justices. But, you know, America is going to do what America once so there was that um uh the economy continues to kind of uh, be in the shitter gas prices continue to go up food prices continue to go up um it continues to look like the american public is absolutely fed up with the democrats and it continues to look like there will be a red wave uh in this uh midterm coming up and if you happen to live in a district uh, that is part of uh, this midterm, um, you should definitely go out and vote for your representative, because, uh, especially in the primaries, because that is very important. That is how um, we get uh, assholes uh, and stupid people to maybe not lead our country as much. Uh, so... That was basically the news uh, this week. Uh, I just thought, you know what, it's, it's kind of more of the same, so... Maybe we can uh, just kind of skip past the news and get into some uh, other, uh, maybe more interesting discussions. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, Breaker, what's going on? Uh, you know what? I sometimes wonder about all this insanity. 
But, you know, I do have to say that we here at the Promethean Tides podcast disavow any and all political violence, especially assassination attempts on Supreme Court justices and or politicians of any persuasion whatsoever in all contexts for now and forever. <laughs> That that's right. We do. We uh, there is no point in doing violence. In fact, uh, uh, in general, uh, if you do something violent, it makes your side uh, look like the asshole. Uh, it does not help your side. It hurts your side if you become violent. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Stay stay peaceful. Fuck yeah. Good 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 words. Yay. Parallax, what do you think about all this? Mm. As a Catholic, you're supposed to love people, but you don't have to like them at all. Oh snap! Um, yeah, I guess the the Crusades were just like a lot of disliking, huh? <laughs> it was mutual. It was mutual. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that uh, they they invaded first, so I'm not saying it wasn't justified. I'm just saying there was a lot of disliking going on. Uh, there was a uh, plenty of violence that kind of started the instigation there too, but I don't think. They were first to invade. I think the uh, the Muslims, what was that, like the 15th century? I think the Muslims had been coming up and they were pretty near taking some crucial stuff that Europe would not have recovered, or Christianity at the time would not have recovered. Yeah, yeah, they, they had been invading for a while, and then when when I guess when I guess Europe got pissed off and invaded back, they did the surprise Pikachu face and go, how dare you? Hmm. Now they do the Pikachu face, and they're like, oh, how dare you attack me? What did they ever do to you? <laughs> was, you know, was V in the Middle East at this point? <laughs> I, yes, I, I, literally, I will, no, I will, it's actually in the Middle East. <laughs> I will say for the Muslims, as much as there's, like, radical elements that no one, that we don't really want to deal with, like, there's a lot of Muslim people who have a, a very good sense of decency. I will say that. Like, they've got a good sense of honor and, and manners and and how to be polite, which I think is lost in our culture now, for sure. I agree. One one could even say that they have an, an honor culture. Hmm. You know where that pathological politeness comes from? It comes from the very real concern at the back of your mind that Anyone at any time could just, you know, end you <laughs> for any perceived dig against their person or the honor of their family. And they could, they they have, like, cultural license to just annihilate you and behead you on the spot. <laughs> that tends to make most people very, very polite. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that, that depends on the particular... Um... Uh, culture and sects of the of the people. There, um, you know, there there are uh, many many peaceful people in this world, and uh, there are many violent people, and uh, you know that's just part of the uh, the the happy the happy rock that we all coexist on. Um, uh, fucking kumbaya. <laughs> like intra societal violence is like a luxury that is enabled by shitty policies. Put arm all Americans with full open carry. Like I mandate firearms 
for 18 years old. When you turn 18, I want there to be like a government welfare program. The only one that exists is to just give 18-year-olds guns for free. And, and body armor and training. Yeah. 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 And then find out just, just how fast uh, people are willing to engage in reing street matches. Like, watch SJWs vanish overnight. Well, uh, actually, you could you could do, like, a Heinlandian sort of thing where, at the age of 18, you're forced to join the military for, like, two years, and you get your standard civilian-issued firearm and, uh, you know, something like that. Just, like... Uh, um, uh, uh, God, what, uh, sorry, what's the, the thing that Eyeline wrote? Um, uh, you know, the Service thing. guarantee citizenship. Yes, uh, Starship Star Troopers. Troopers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, South Korea, Switzerland, and France all have that system, and one of those isn't like the others. <laughs> I'll let you guess which one. <laughs> Israel also has mandatory service. Um, the problem I have with that is, like, the is that putting everybody in the military force, like the actual military force, puts like there's a there's a level of competency that you have to maintain there, and it's already hard enough in the military. Like I I served for about nine and a half years, and we were some of the smart kids, and even the smart kids are dumb. We're all dumb when you when it comes down to it. But like you just. <sighs> There's weird cultural stuff from the military, and there's there's a level of strictness and attention to detail that, like, you really need some limitations on everyone being just everyone being in the military. Maybe some kind of temporary civil service. Maybe I don't know, but well, that's that's uh, that's that's why you have aptitude tests, right? So if you're yeah, if you're, yeah. you're big brain, you can work on um. Uh, plotting where the missiles go. And then if you're tiny-brained, you can just, I don't know, clean up trash on the side of the highway. Point is, you're doing some sort of service. Yeah. There's this old saying in the military that goes, if it moves, move it, and if it doesn't move, paint it. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably sadly true. <laughs> If you're like literal barrel bottom of the barrel grug brain, like the actual like sunken head Wojak meme level intelligence, that that's is a, still a function you could technically do: move things that move and paint things that don't move. You don't need to be very big brain for that. <laughs> so just start painting all of the rocks. Hmm. Well, you know, if you're on a military base and you want to be very highly camouflaged, like. But don't give the fucking retard fucking Easter paint and the whole base will look like a rainbow. <laughs> and he'll put, paint My Little Ponies, like really bad refrigerator art My Little Ponies on everything. And then the, the fucking sergeant wakes up and like smacks his face like curly for the three students. Like, yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, we had some really stupid people in the military. I had a friend who was uh, out in, I think it was Iraq. He, he was near Qatar. But, um, they had a staff sergeant that was tired of all the dust, and uh, he had them go outside and put glue all over the sand. <laughs> I'm serious. For, so, no. that, so that it would stop that blowing? Yeah. We had a, I had oh. a staff sergeant that was one of our staff sergeants. I missed this story, but other people told me. 
um, he tried to suck the air out of a glass jar with a nail in it, and he was convinced that like when he got the air out, the nail would float. And like, keep in mind, these are like supposedly the smart people. Yeah, I. It's scary. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if uh, if any of that entirely checks out. Uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember what I told you, General Chief, that there's more stupid people that exist than what you are even willing or able to believe in. It's not. It's not just that people are like stupid, stupid. Like you had to be smart to be there, but like smart people aren't smart everywhere. You know, like street smarts. People are not everywhere, for sure. Especially well, that's mostly midwittery. That, especially like midwits who are in powerful positions, where people are kind of slanted to agreeing with them and kissing their ass anyway. But technically, on certain things, they are smart. So that window of just how smart am I is slow, ever so slowly pried open by a combination of ego and enabling from the ass kissers until it reaches a critical mass and you think you could make a nail float in a fucking jar. Do, do, you, do you know what, what I would call it? If, if let's, let's say a person is really extremely good at solving quadratic equations or they're incredibly good at accounting or they're really good at like um, maintaining a Humvee but they're absolutely retarded at everything else to the point that they think that they can glue the sand down. You know what I would just call that? That's that's just autism. That's literally just autism. You're good at one specific thing and retarded at everything else. Um, so maybe there's a lot of autists out there. That's okay. Mm. Well, you see, we talk about this failure, but if that motherfucker had succeeded in gluing the sand down... We would be saying, saying, oh, this person had this random idea to glue sand down. Like, we could be having the same conversation about dumbasses if Albert Einstein's random notion to look into a mirror and think of himself as a beam of light, if that hadn't panned out, <clears throat> we would all be laughing at his expense for having thought of something so stupid. Technically, you could say he was right about the sand and the glue. He just didn't have the right scale down. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. It that is a matter of scale, but that is that's a god awful scale. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh, a battleship full of fucking glues worth to get that to actually happen, and then that would have like probably many many unintended consequences. Like a bunch of pests and bugs would all get stuck in the glue. No, you got it. You got to fucking. You got to you got to airdrop that shit like ancient or ancient orange just everywhere. Well, you see, the problem with that is, like, the whole base is going to be covered in sticky glue that, well, like, people getting stuck in it is the least of your problems. Like, all the animals and shit getting stuck in that, it's going to turn the whole thing into, like, a massive reeking graveyard that, that's also going to be showing up more on infrared and radar. It's like, hey, what's all those, like, zombie conglomeration of animals, like an SCP article over there? Oh, that's that dumbass that tried to glue the sand down. Shoot in that direction. He deserves to die. Hmm. I mean, clearly, the, the, if, if you don't like the dust in the sand, clearly the better option is that you, you, you get glass windows and a better air filtration system. It's going to be a lot simpler to do that. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe the guy was on to something. Well, it's too bad that Biden wasn't there to tell him to wear a mask. The droplets. <laughs> he was too busy saying, clap for that, you bastards. You dog face uh, pony soldier. 
Carlax seems to remember that. I wasn't in the service for that. I did serve under uh, Obama, which was awful, but... Bammer. What a uh, what what was your gig um, in the in the military? What, what were you doing? Uh, I will probably dox myself if I say so. Oh, that specific, huh? Okay. Um, yeah, kind of a small crowd, uh, low turnover rate. So, I mean, I, I spent a while in. There's probably at least a few people that I, I served with that are still in even. Uh, back in back in college, I was friends with a marine. We would uh, we would we would go out drinking all the time, and um, uh, this guy was part of the mortar division. So he 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 was the one who was like part of the mortar team who would launch mortars. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, I'm the mortar at that big, like, mound of glue over there because that dumbass tried to stop the dust from floating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that helps, helps the foxhole, you know? If you dig in trenches, does that uh, reinforce the, the sand enough? Hmm. The, uh, right, yeah, we, we haven't considered the uh, the applications of glue when it comes to uh, trench warfare. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Maybe that Maybe that's what the Taliban did in uh, in Afghanistan, is they just glued caves together. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they weren't, like, naturally formed or anything. They just took some sand. <laughs> the genius bastard. Started gluing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's, I guess, uh, let's, let's get into a topic. So, um, uh, it, I was thinking the other day, and this could be just spurious correlation, I don't know, but historically speaking, it seems as though civilization has tended to move north. So uh, the cradle of civilization was the Fertile Crescent in Mesopotamia, and that was the heart of uh, a few empires. And then... Later on, you had Greece, and then you had Rome, and then you have some shit going on with French, uh, with, with with the French and the Germans. Um, and uh, by the way, fuck the Germans. Um, nobody likes you. And uh, then you had like the British Empire, where the where the heart of of that empire was was London. Uh, it seems to me as though the heart of empires have been creeping north for the past few thousand years, and. Uh, there could be numerous reasons for this. Uh, I think maybe one is that, you know, uh, we do experience uh, glacial and interglacial cycles. So right now we're in an interglacial cycle. It does seem as though the world is 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 warming up. I'm not so certain that humans have that massive of an impact on this, but it does seem to be kind of like just part of the natural cycle of Earth. Uh, so, Why are you denying science? No, yes, no, no. It's it is it is only humans that can possibly change the climate, and it is solely due to carbon dioxide. And everyone must accept that at all times. But uh, that's right. You wouldn't want to anger Mama Susan with your conspiracy theories and science denialism. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I I don't want to do that. But 
it, it, it does seem like civilization and the heart of empires have been moving north for the past couple thousand years, slowly, gradually. But what if it keeps going north? Like, in that case, uh, Canada, Alaska, and Russia are going to be, like, the hotspots. Like, Alaska would be the new California. And once the North Pel once the North Pole melts and you can just set up all sorts of shipping lanes in the Arctic Sea and get access to all that oil, that's going to be an insanely booming economy. So, yeah, maybe uh maybe uh Canada and Alaska, you know, maybe maybe that's actually the the place to move, you know, 100 years from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Prince Edward Islands are going to be like tropical archipelagos. Well, I mean, they'll still be cold, but they'll be like, uh, kind of like how Boston is still cold, but it, you know, there's a lot of economic opportunity in Boston, or historically there was. You know, um, the continental, like, lower 48 states are going to get to the point where they just look like a dystopian Mad Max diesel punk nightmare all the fucking time. Because there's still going to be, like, oil and natural resources in the ground, and... Once the whole thing got, kind of becomes an unerable desert, I mean, people, there's still going to be, like, subterranean shit that you can dig out and excavate, so people are still going to be fighting over that. Um, I just... I just think that Hawaii becoming uh, a state was, was a mistake. I just, I don't think it ever should have. Hawaii, Hawaii... I mean, it's just—it's an island down in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't know why it's a state. Like, why, why, why is Guam and Puerto Rico not a state, but Hawaii is? Makes no goddamn sense. Well, I think the king of Hawaii at the time signed some type of treaty because they gave him a free coconut. I don't know. There's probably like a Hawaiian on right now. It's like, oh, clicky baka, you an asshole. But I don't know. Maybe someone could inform us in the comment section. Hey, speaking of I the comment section of the video, that was over sugarcane production. Oh. The sugarcane producers um, did really well in Hawaii, and so they basically took over the territory and then um, pushed to be annexed. Is that, if I'm, I might be mistaken on that. Which we grow sugarcane in in Florida now, and we have sugar beets and other I, sugar sources. I I am willing. I am willing to go back to forty eight states. I believe that Delaware should be absorbed into either Virginia or Maryland. And I believe that Hawaii should not be a state. I want to go back to 48. I think 48, maybe, maybe that was just better. Uh, you know, 50 sounds like a good round number. But actually, uh, 48 has uh, many more um, uh, prime divisors to it. So you got you got 2 and 3 and... yeah, I, Yep, two, 2 and 3. So that, it's pretty good. Mm, kind of on the opposite end. I'm kind of in favor of city-states. The cities are just so much different from the rural areas, like in their politics for sure. But like the the con the living conditions or like the, the way of life in the city is totally different from the rural areas. And the cities have like way higher population density, and they like tell the rural areas how to live. And the rural areas are like, "What are you talking about?" I would, like, I, I I would be okay with doing city states, except for the fact that. If you grant them their own little statehood, that means that they get two senators. So yeah, the now, senators thing is a problem for sure. 
Yeah, because then suddenly they would they would overwhelm the Senate, and that would be fucked. But the rural areas would also have their two. I guess there'd probably there'd be way more. Yeah, that's nasty. Because then, like, uh, well, I you know what? Here's the thing: if it weren't for the power of the federal government, that would be fine. Like, what yeah. we really should have is a much smaller federal government. That would fix a lot of these problems. Yeah. I want to see the uh, 16th Amendment repealed. So the federal government can only collect taxes for um, for constitutional purposes. And if they want money for something else, they have to ask the states for it. And the states can tell them to piss off. That sounds really good. Yeah. I'd also like to be able to unelect people in Congress. That would be great. Well, it's it's like, called not voting for them next time. That's how you want to elect them. Oh well, yeah, for your state. But like when you get these people that have like ten or twelve or single digit approval ratings across the country, like they're not, and they keep getting reelected. It's really toxic to civility, I think, because everybody keeps reelecting their person, and it's like nasty. Like if we could just force the turnover of all these people. So that, like, you had to find somebody that was at least civil to the rest of the country, then, like, you couldn't be such a shitbag. I think Excuse that's my language. I, I think that's a fucking terrible idea because yeah, uh, what would what would happen? Like, let's say that I lived in I don't know uh, Iowa, and I elect this guy that I think he actually uh, better yet Kentucky. Let's say that I elect Senator. Um, uh, Rand, Paul, Rand Paul. Right. We got an and, empire. And, it's and happening. I, and let's let's say that I I personally enjoy the shit out of Rand Paul because I live in Kentucky and I'm I'm a libertarian. But then mm -hmm. the rest of the nation goes, "Oh no, I don't like libertarians. Your politicians should have to uh, be uh, palatable for the rest of the country." No, fuck that. Fuck that shit. Well, so all your politics would be. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, it would just be uncivil to a point, but like, that's kind of the point of like the separation of powers is because we want them to be uncivil with each other instead of us. Like, if they're just constantly getting replaced and can't do shit most of the time, unless everybody agrees on something, like all the politics are local. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I just don't like most of the assholes up there. Well, uh, I think that. Uh, most of the assholes are very much, it's it, like a, a representative is almost like a lobbyist to the federal government in the interest of a very specific group of people that live in a very specific area. Like their duty is basically kind of to be a lobbyist. That's um, a very good fair point. So to the rest of the nation, they are going to be assholes except for the specific group of people that they're representing. Now... The 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 part that makes no sense to me is that sometimes you'll have an area that keeps electing a person that keeps dicking them over and keeps not doing any for anything for that group of people, and that person keeps getting elected. I'm thinking of maybe like a Nancy Pelosi here. I have no idea how the fuck it it is that she actually gets elected every time. I don't know how it is that anyone would vote for AOC. It happens. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know why it is that Mitch McConnell. Is, is still uh, a thing. I don't think he should be, but he is. Mm -hmm. 
I think, in some sense. Not that socialism makes sense, but that it would be more attractive to people who live in heavily urban areas um, due to the fact that it's so much harder to own like substantial productive property as an individual or as a family. And so there, there's... I, 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 it's just the, the struggle for people living in the cities is different in a sense. And it's not always... I can kind of see how they'd be more attracted to that. But at the same time, they're, they're more in an opulent environment where they can afford to think outside of practicalities. And they don't really... As long as the gives me that money keeps coming, like they don't really care. Well, I think that that, that sort of thing has, has happened in America. I mean... Uh, you still have red states and blue states, obviously, but I think that a mm -hmm. lot of the divide is, at this point, it's just city versus uh, not city living, more uh, rural or even suburban living. Uh, it's 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 this it's 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 the people that live in that live in cities. They're all they've all joined together. Like in theory, someone in San Francisco shouldn't have that much in common with someone who lives in. Brooklyn, New York, and yet they seem to vote on all of the exact same policies. Uh, so mm -hmm. I guess they've all banded together. They've made a cabal of cities versus the cabal of people who don't live in cities. I, I don't even think it's... I guess I don't, I don't know what the population divide between cities and rural areas are. I don't think it's that strong. But yeah kind of essentially it's like like how many how many people live in cities versus how many people don't um yeah, yeah I, I i don't know actually i i would i would assume it's it's somewhat equal especially if you count the suburbs as the non-city living but i i haven't looked into it mm -hmm. so you got you've got hispanics are cutting uh almost 50% Republican now. That's a huge shift. And the, uh, the black community, is it African American or black now? I'm sorry. I don't, um, I don't know. The, the uh, POCs are shifting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what the, what the correct term is. I have, I, I have heard basketball Americans, but of course, uh, that is not the, uh, appropriate phrase. I think, I think it's, it's, it's just, it's just black, right? Black is okay. Well, I prefer the term grape drink enjoyers. I okay. Um don't don't diss the grape drink. Yeah, we all love the grape the, the grape beverage. Everybody does. We all know it. See, we are all equal after all. We're coming together. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, no, I think uh uh uh, under the Trump administration, uh, a lot more African Americans turned out for Trump, and you know I'm guessing that there's going to be historic turnout uh, from the from the uh, African Americans when it comes to uh, uh, voting for Republicans in the next presidential election, be it uh, DeSantis or Trump, whoever wins. I think that 
you're, you people are going to be surprised at, at how much the uh, the the African Americans will flip for the Republicans because like the the Democrats can hoot and holler about uh, racism and how important it is to turn your kids trans, but at the end of the day, uh, they 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 are the ones who brought gas prices over five dollars a gallon. So. <laughs> At a certain point, everyone has to work, uh, has to think practically. Mm -hmm. I mean, racism arguments and institutional racism, those are really arguments for freedom and to tear down corrupt establishments. Like, it, it's the argument to decentralize everything, in a sense. And they just word it a different way. Like, the, the schools are institutionally racist. You know, like, uh, we're going to put in all these anti-racist policies into the schools and and whatnot, and conservatives are like, "Hey, we've been ordering for school choice forever. Like, let people pick the schools they go to. If they want to hire a nanny to educate their kids, and they're the same color, and they teach them about Black history or Hispanic history. Go for it. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't mind being around people of different races, but like, if you, like, if you you live in New York, I don't care what New York does to itself. Stop telling us what to do with ourselves. That's just freedom." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I totally agree. Um, it's, it's very strange that the, the, the Democrats have, have spent the last century setting up a lot of these institutions, and then they say these institutions are now racist, and the way to solve this is to allow us to put even more institution in, because that clearly will, will solve all the problems. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh marriage licenses prevent people from marrying outside their race or uh, uh, other kinds of marriage. I mean, like, why is the government involved in marriage at all? Like uh, schools? See, that's, schools? That's, that's something that I, I completely agree with. I, I have uh, gone on record saying this. I do not believe that uh, there should be gay marriage, One, uh, or at least not under the government. There should not be gay marriage. I also don't think that there should be heterosexual marriage. I believe that marriage is an institution of the church. I don't think it has any place in government. I believe that if you want the tax benefits and, you know, whatever else, legally, under the government, everyone should have a civil union. But if you want to have a marriage, that should be something that is under the church and God. Uh, I don't know what the government has to do with uh, something that is uh, under the what Lord. What are the tax benefits of marriage anymore? Like they even the standard deduction was re reduced for couples until Trump reset it to being the same for both. Like it was actually worse to be married as far as the standard deduction goes. Like they keep taking the benefits of these things. Well, I like, I, I don't think that they actually want to. I don't think that they want people reproducing. Period. I think they they don't want a nuclear family. I don't think that they want heterosexuals coming together and having a healthy relationship and producing offspring because, I don't know, some shit about climate change. We're making too many of ourselves and we need to cull the population. Like, I, I don't know what they're thinking, but every, like, well, all of their yeah, policies like, seem to be anti-natalist. Well, they're, they're pro-abortion for sure. But, like, then if you look at, like, welfare policy... Um, the war on poverty, they incentivized um, split parenthood. Like, financially, like, if you're living in the same parent household and one of them works, then, like, oh, well, you make more money than you qualify for the program, even though they, they may still need that money. Right. They, they, like they, a, wanted, they wanted the poor, the, 
basically they they wanted to um, break up the, the family, break up especially the African American family, and make it yeah. so that the the poor black women don't marry a person; they marry the government, and it's it's been absolutely toxic. It's it's one of the most evil things that that you that you could think of, and they just did it, and we've been dealing with it for for decades now. Yeah, I mean. Republicans haven't been effectual on that at all either, because you could simply make an argument like they're like, oh, well, you need to work in order to qualify for these benefits. And like, there's disabled people that can't work. I'm, so I'm not arguing for or against welfare right now. I'm saying like, you can have it as a per person basis, you know, like don't count couples, people, families would stay together more likely. Um, they can share financial costs and like not have fathers outside the household and for benefit you can have tapered systems of money so that like people make more money and the amount of money they they make from the government goes down like proportionally but so that they still make more money for actually working like there's all these things that could have been done that they just didn't do because the fight was more po politically beneficial than the solution well, right. If you if if you can basically construct a class of people that are dependent on the government, and you are a party that is advocating for these government programs, then you have you have constructed your own voter base that they they won't leave you. They're kind of enslaved to you, and they have to oh, always yeah. vote for you. And uh, so, what I'm saying it it's, it hasn't been in. Um the Republican politician's mind to actually solve the problem either because the fight over it, having something to fight over was more important for politics because like the places that, that have want more welfare in their voter base say, um, because welfare is at the federal level instead of the local level, like those are going to vote for the Democrats and be a captive, a captive audience because they've created their own voter base. And then the places that don't want or need those policies are going to vote against it. They're going to vote Republican. And then they always have something to fight about. And like, for one, it could have been done at the local level and they could have suffered their own consequences. And then two, like there are solutions that would have allowed people more of a ladder instead of a trap. And neither side actually wanted that. I don't think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 certainly possible. I think that the the neoconservatives of uh, a decade ago, uh, maybe maybe they were more interested in just doing that sort of fight where uh, you know both 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 parties actually benefit from from I guess disagreeing with each other. But uh, I think that at this point politics is it's 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 warped into something a little bit different it seems mm. as though things are a bit more of an existential crisis uh i think that there are more republicans that are willing to come out and say you know what let's just uh take the the good old welfare state uh, out into the back and, and shoot it uh i there there's 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 a bit there's more fervor on either side and it seems to be less uh cooperative uh uh, like scuffles and more like actual genuine warfare between the parties, which maybe is, is, is a healthier place for a nation to be in, honestly. Yeah, I, I think disagreement is healthy. Like, you know, you gotta, you, have, you need to find somebody you disagree with in order to learn and, and self-discover.
So I think I think it's good. I like where the Republicans seem to be going with with uh, removing their incumbents and such. I well, saw I, the debate. Go ahead. I I, I think that uh, you know you you said that you didn't want to necessarily tackle welfare. I I I do. I think that we have to get rid of the welfare state. I I think that it is it has caused basically nothing but problems for all people involved. The taxpayer causes problems. The people who receive the welfare, it causes problems for them, generational problems. I don't think that it's done, like, I, th I think for every ounce of good that it's done, it has caused a pound of problems. I think it, it has to be gotten rid of, yeah. fundamentally. Since we're getting into it, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, it's just, it's a perverse incentive for the government to exploit people. It's it's political slavery, in a sense. They just get they 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 take the money or inflate the money away from everyone else, and then they give it to people to in in a dual form of slavery. One group is constantly paying money that they often don't have, can't afford to pay, and the other group is receiving money in exchange for votes. And it's just it's untenable, I think. Yeah. I, I think that there's better ways to, there were better ways for the Republicans could have um, gotten people out of it than just saying, oh, we're going to get rid of it or, oh, we're going to make you work. Like, y you can you can say, like, okay, for every dollar you make, we'll take away 50 cents for your, of your benefit, you know? And, like, so you would work yourself out of the program if you could work in order to make more money. Instead of like, because if you work a little bit, then you can lose your whole benefits and you still haven't made enough money to make up for the benefits. And that's just a trap. Like, if you do that to people, they'll never get out of the system. Like, if, if you make, if you, if you scale, progress their productive effort with how much they actually make and take home, people, I think, would mostly naturally get out of the system. And then you can scale the system back from there in order to make it make people push people to be more competitive i think would have been way better than just like trying to shoot down the program after it had been become incumbent well you could uh uh like i'm, I'm trying to envision like a, a simple way to do this so you could say that um you could say that you get welfare to bring you let's say let's say you do this system you say uh if you are working then welfare will bring you up to twenty thousand dollars a year so let's say that you're you're working and you're only making like fifteen thousand welfare will provide five thousand to bring you up to to twenty thousand or something like that whereas I work at all well whereas <laughs> if you let's say that you're not working then welfare will provide you with uh, 12000 right? So it's like, as soon as you start working, actually, you see a large increase in the amount of money that you have. So, you know, when you're not working and you're just subsisting on welfare, you get $12,000 per year. But as soon as you start working, the government will bring it up, will bring you up to like 20000 Now, I'm not saying that's a good system, but it yeah. seems like maybe it's a slightly better system than the one that we have, where it's sure. the the government will just give you money, and then the moment that you start working, you actually might make less money 
Like that's that's a corrupt system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, the, I I would say the problem with that is that like, why would somebody not just work for two thousand dollars and then you pay them an extra eighteen thousand dollars? Now they make more than the twelve thousand they made before, and they only had to work a month or something. I, that's why. That's why I would scale it like so. You you, like, you you would have to put something in place where it's like you have to work at least I don't know twenty hours a, a week or, or something. I, I don't know. I, I even thought this through. Yeah, yeah. It was just off the top of my head. I I think that like pushing work specifically is is kind of troublesome in in that in that sense. Trying to trying to make it tiered like the tax system. That's why I would say like you know work. There's this base amount of money, and then like every dollar you make, we take away a portion of the dollar in in what we would have given you in benefits and they just push themselves out of it well um i guess uh if if andrew yang were here he would say oh yes the solution is to have a universal basic income that's no good why don't you like the universal basic income because you can't pay people not to work which is why the, the the welfare system doesn't work in general? But I'm talking about like how how you would get people out of the program. So, personally speaking, I disagree with universal basic income. I think that number one, it would make inflation even worse than it already is, uh, and it would cause a number of other problems as well. But between the UBI and whatever the fuck welfare state we have going on right now. I think I actually do prefer the UBI. Mm. The only case where I think UBI or welfare makes sense is in the case of a uh, consumption tax, like a sales tax. And that's just to neutralize, to make the system more progressive as far as who pays what amount of tax. Because you really don't want to tax your lower income people because every everything they buy is necessities at the low end, right? So, like if you had if you had a sales tax, you would refund essentially the tax for at like the poverty level. So, like whatever you know what I'm you know what I'm saying. So that like people at the poverty level would pay zero taxes in that sense, which is essentially like the twelve thousand dollar national poverty level. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think I would be necessarily opposed to doing something like that, I guess. Uh, you, you take the poor people and you say, at the end of the year, we'll give you all the sales tax back. I mean, that actually might, also, like, giving them a lump sum of money, um, like, it would almost kind of act like a savings account for them that they would build over the course of a year and maybe they could then do something with, with that money, um, I mean, that, no, they're gonna spend it all on fucking spinning rims, <laughs> uh, or or the equivalent. Yeah, I mean, usually, usually, yeah, but, but you know, who yeah. knows? Maybe something good could come of it. The what you do instead is, that... is you put it in a fucking escrow account for them, and they have to fill out paperwork and prove like, is this for a house, your child's education, or healthcare purposes? It can't yeah. be to buy spinning ribs, you stupid fuck. <laughs> now, see, that's right. what I that's that's my problem with a UBI. Is that the government? It's the perverse incentive problem. If the government gets, if the government gets to tell you how you have to spend it, then they're going to start selecting things that are in their favor. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Always I always will. I agree. I was, I was talking to one of my friends about this. They, they, they were saying that, um, 
uh, you should take every American and you should take like some section of the, some portion of their taxes and you should invest it into some sort of like a mutual fund for every single American. And, you know, in theory, this, this might be a good idea, you know, make it so that every American has to be invested in the stock market. I mean, maybe I could see some benefit in that, but here's the thing. If the government had its own government selected mutual fund, then Every single company that has ever existed will want to be on that fucking index because it will become the equivalent of a government bond. And there are so many perverse incentives with that sort of structure. Uh, I say fuck that. Fuck that shit. I don't think that the government should have its own mutual fund of select companies that it says every citizen has to invest in. I, I don't know what those companies no. would be, but I guarantee you that Wait. fucking lobbyists would be all over that shit trying to get their company on that mutual fund list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why you don't do that. That's why you say, like, it's each individual person gets this special account. The only say that the individual person has over this account, which, by the way, is going to be much more say than they have over their taxes now, because the government just takes money and does whatever the fuck they want. Fuck you, two middle fingers in the air. But if a portion of that were invested in something like, hey, here's a percentage of your tax money went in this account, what would you like to happen with the money in this account? Things that cannot happen are you buying gold ribs and spitted teeth. <laughs> gold ribs and spinning teeth. Brilliant. Um, It's just as brilliant as the fucking bullshit. Fuck it. It makes it funny. Uh, I, think, your name I, think, it makes it funny. I think the pre-date... I think the, the the tax return has to be more often than annually, and I think you have to give people access to it because the whole point of it is to make it so that people in the lower income tax brackets, per se, um, have the aren't being taxed on necessities, and so the people who need those for that money for necessities need it on a regular basis. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Not everybody who lives paycheck to paycheck is doing it because they're irresponsible oh i guarantee you the fucking bar for what is and is not a necessity will change fucking drastically under this because then it's like oh, well do you need like that box of 24 snow cones or do you need medicine to keep your child alive pick one motherfucker <laughs> we're not talking about a lot of money like the fair tax system has a has that kind of um, prebate they call it for a sales tax and it's um, based off of the poverty level so like say 12,200 is um, is probably like the um, the standard deduction that's to cover anybody below the national poverty level and then the fair tax sales tax replaces all taxes so it's 23% and then divide that by 12 is $234 a month. It's not very much money. Uh, I, I would imagine that, um, like, the amount of sales tax, like, let's, let's say that you're making $15,000 a year. I would imagine that the amount of sales tax that you're paying um, in total is going to be, it's going to be less than $500 over the course of the entire year, would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get there until you, until you, if you spend, so you have to spend like twenty four thousand dollars. I think it gets around five hundred. Yeah. The whole reason I like the sales tax though is because we we tax our companies 
to produce and but but companies in like china or india are not taxed the same and so like the the liberal solution is to like oh we need a global corporate tax and like we really don't want that for ourselves in order to be competitive in markets. We would rather have um, zero corporate tax and tax sales so that things that are produced locally um, are competitive with things that are produced uh, globally or in the next state over because it makes more sense to produce something where you can't, where it's not taxed. And then so the sales price of like foreign goods would go up because all of a sudden those are being taxed and um, locally produced goods would go down. But you would be making the same amount of income. It would just be more evenly distributed across who is producing into your market. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, um, domestically we should have as close to a libertarian system as possible. But when it comes to the international market, I am I have zero qualms with uh, heavy tariffs and uh, putting America first. Yeah, absolutely. I just realized that I'm eating Ukraine right now. <clears throat> You're eating Ukraine? Yeah, I got that. Uh, I, I got the fruit by the foot, and it's yellow and blue striped. And it literally is just a long, stretched-out Ukraine flag. In other news, um, I stand with Blockbuster in solidarity. I believe in 1990s analog tape, which kind of goes with my whole vaporwave aesthetic anyway, so I stand with Blockbuster. You know, it, I, was, I was about to mention, you know, aside from the whole uh, Ukraine thing, uh, I didn't know that, that grown men actually ate fruit by the foot. I, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Well, you're just not whimsical and childlike enough, which is a problem <laughs> on your part. I'm, I'm sure that you you'll see, be. Gets this. I, I'm, I'm sure that you'll be moving on to your packet of gushers next. I, ha I have well, to disagree with Blockbuster, though. I, I am tired of movies being brought home based off of how the cover looks. I, I, I think that that was a sin against mankind. I don't think people should be able to pick movies by the the picture. That drives me insane. Well, that's how people pick most thing in consumerist fucking society. It's all shallow, vapid, topical crap. <laughs> it's literally based. Ooh, cover look good. Be by Grug by. Now, but we've evolved, uh, right here because nowadays people pick what they're going to watch based off of the first thirty seconds of a sixty-second trailer. It is much better. Which is usually now we've evolved further than that. Now people decide if whether or not their favorite political talking head gave it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, or or the tone of their voice, like fuck the words, was either happy about this movie or sad and grumpy about this movie. That's how they pick now. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> and uh, by the way, everyone, uh, I give uh, I give uh, A24's um, everything everywhere all at once a double thumbs up, big smile. Happy movie, buy, consume product, beat boot beat. <laughs> good, I am good movie a, to watch. I am a human who enjoys movies and sweet baby phrase barbecue sauce. <laughs>
But anyway, Parallax, uh, he's got to get squeezed in this sandwich of insanities. Oh, no, I'm fine. Didn't we have, like, news stuff to talk about? I don't know. Somebody got shot. Another nigga died. I don't know. Let God sort about fuck it. That's my political opinion. Uh, well, you know, it, it was actually kind of a, like, not the most eventful Newsweek. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim Pool got swatted. Um... I hmm. guess, I think it's, uh, I think he's at like a dozen times now. I think that he, uh, pretty soon he'll, he'll get a, a free waffle cone. Um, I think. I, on... I support this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, uh, that's good. I think that also, uh, that, uh, that, that guy, the, uh, the quartering, he got swatted on the same night that Tim Pool did. Jeremy here from the quartering. Buy coffee, brand coffee, consume product. I wanna, I wanna, I just, I wanna briefly point out that, um, like personally speaking, the quartering is not really my vibe. He kind of talks mostly about random pop culture stuff that is slightly like tangential to politics, but. It's more like a drama channel, and I know that like some people like that. Just personally speaking, it's not really my cup of tea. I, I don't watch the quartering. Um, well, you should watch Midwestly. That's where he gets like explicitly political. Like the quartering is mostly pop culture shit, like you said. But on his channel, Midwestly, then he's like explicitly political. No, I didn't even know that he had another channel. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess uh, you know uh, the swattings uh, will continue until morale improves. And uh, I think that maybe, you know, this is a sign that politics is becoming more of a contact sport. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I think it's, it is maybe... Not endorsed. I, I, guess, I guess maybe that's the direction that things are going. Do you think it's the same SWAT team each time? Yeah. It's a well, state, so it couldn't be. No, no, it's the exact same SWAT team. They, they, uh, they're on a tour bus, and they just go around America... Just swatting. <laughs> no, I mean for you like know, but, all twelve but times. Seriously, yeah. Pool. Like, wouldn't that be like, kind of embarrassing? Guys, the, the, the Tim Pool guys, they they all know him by name. They're like, oh, it's Tim's house again. Hey, Tim, how you doing? We got another call, call about a Bob. We got to check the house again for the tenth time. Yeah, it is actually the same guy's parallax. You're not wrong. It, he literally says, yeah, I know them all by name now. I'm like, so how's your kid, Bob? <laughs> They're probably drinking buddies. They're like, you know, at the bar. You're like, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, what's happening tomorrow? Oh, we'll be out at your house. <laughs> well, we got another scheduled swatting. Let's we'll see you tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> we'll see you. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's just embarrassing, kind of, that they keep doing it, though. Like, they know him by name, and they, they know what's up. They just show up anyway. You know uh, what I think it is? This is conspiracy talent, so get your tinfoil hat on. I'm a human. I'm alive. They're going to lose force, and I'm coming. But uh, this Alex Jones moment brought to you by Rage Shadow Legends. Rage Shadow Legends. It's the best video game Legends. ever made. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's some type of government office somewhere. I think, like, some type of intern or some little shit that has access to some government official's computer system in the state of California because, from what I know, this is where most of this shit is coming from. Yeah, somehow people in California, like, normal people could just send texts from any state 
to emergency services in either state. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure this is how this normally works. There's something that the people that are the victims of this aren't being public about because probably their attorneys told them not to be. But I'm getting the sensation that like the only thing they've released is it's mostly coming from the state of California. So I think like some type of government office is involved. They're gonna have maximum plausible deniability if any actual politician's name ever drops in this shit. They're gonna be like, oh hey, wasn't me. <laughs> I'm your friendly neighborhood Democrat to give you more welfare. Dooly dooly do. And nothing's ever gonna happen to them. But so that I... fucking intern's ass is going to get fisted to the moon. Breaker, I I, I think I I think you're not conspiratorial enough. I believe that this goes all the way to the top. I think that Gavin Newsom himself is placing these calls. I think Joe Biden is like in the background, like, "Come on, man!" Uh, uh, Tim Pool said, said, "said I was said I was a stupid," and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate that. Corn Pop, I want you to take care of him. Corn Pop. They're actually just and the guy on the phone is just like, "Corn Pop doesn't exist." You're, your they're, 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 they're actually they're actually like it's it's gavin newsom and it's joe biden and they're actually just like 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 in in their bedroom just like giggling like schoolgirls, going Haha, we totally prank mm -hmm. all those guys <laughs> probably true you heard it here first folks uh yeah yeah this is it's definitely legitimate fucking news yeah um this is 100 not fake news you should believe this not only should you believe this you should retweet this idea, post this all over social media, get this trending, turn this into a fucking meme, just for the fucking laughs, and then we'll all just spit in their face when they come back, and it's like, haha, you fell for it, fuck you. So, um, I, I, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't believe that either of you got a chance to watch this, but, uh, I watched What is a Woman, um, from the Daily Wire with, with Matt Walsh. Uh, I'm very curious about what a woman is. I, I would. I hope you you found out so you can tell us. I hear it's a very mysterious and esoteric topic. Well, I didn't. I didn't know. I had no idea before I watched this documentary. Um, so I'm glad I watched it. Uh, and I uh, I want I want to say this. I I 100 percent um signed up for the DailyWire.com and watched this documentary. I definitely did not um happen to watch uh it on odyssey uh when it was just being streamed um illegally i definitely did not watch that version of it i definitely signed up and went through uh the the, the paywall to, to 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 view the documentary 100 because i i am uh, glad that you told me that i will now likewise um go to the website and purchase a subscription in order to watch this as everyone listening should exactly yes, yes there are there are no legal options out there that uh, that you can just watch it for free, and you should never do that. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I I watched the documentary, and um, I like it wasn't it wasn't amazing, but I think it was it was a pretty a, a, it was a fun documentary to watch. Um, it was it was very entertaining to watch uh, Matt Walsh, who's just kind of you know just kind of like he's 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 you know he, he's he has chill vibes. And he just goes to this like like lefty academic, and he goes, "What what is a woman?" And then the 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 academic goes, "Well, you know, a a woman is um, you know, uh, it's it's whatever the person um identifies as." And he, and he goes, "Well, what 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 are they identifying as?" And they go, "A woman." And he goes, "Well, well, what is a woman?" Because well, it's what the person identifies as, and 
as you can see, there's a perfect circle of logic here. Uh, and uh, May the circle be unbroken. So, by and by, Lord, by and by. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was absolutely brilliant to watch these, uh, these, these academics uh, not know, not know what a woman is. Um, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, uh, I think it was, it was Orwell that said that's an idea so stupid only an educated person could believe it, and that is the case. There. Uh, uh, when you when you look at like when if you're if you're uneducated and and you and you aren't um, uh, part of this uh, ivory tower of of just uh, exceptional brilliance, then you already know what a woman is. And nature can tell you what a woman is. Just living your life as a human being, interacting with other human beings, interacting with other. Uh, mammals interacting with with other species just in general just looking at at nature itself you know what a woman is right it's 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 a human female what is a female it's the thing that makes the baby right it's it's actually it it you don't before we knew about chromosomes before we knew about gametes before we knew that eggs and sperm existed we still knew what a woman was it is evident we don't mean science. I'll do one better than that. I'll even say that things that don't even have eyes still can detect females of their fucking species if they're sexually reproducing. Eyes aren't even required <laughs> to know this. That is that is that is absolutely true. Yes. So, uh, it should be it should be innate uh, to to any human to know what a woman is or what a man is. Either one. I. Uh, it is only through the, um, the 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 beautiful process of education that one can really come to the point where they they don't they don't know they don't know what a woman is. Uh, so uh, I think I think that that's I think that's great. I think it's it's really really good that our educational system is making people uh, not know things that otherwise they probably should know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think it was a it was it was a fan, it was it was it wasn't a fantastic doc documentary, but it was entertaining. Uh, and I I do I do want to say this uh, the 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 trans thing, um, I uh, like it's a little bit harrowing. So I I I I started reading some of the shit on um the the R detransition. Um, the subreddit detransition. Oh, you mean the alt-right conspiratorial subreddit that's full of like basement incels? Right. I mean, actually, I think it's entirely possible that a lot of these people are incels. Uh, they are, I think, involuntarily celibate. But like, there's lots of stories where it's like, you know, like this this person they got they got their they, they got their breasts removed when they were like 18. And now they're like 26, and they're like, "Dude, I just want my breasts back, but I can't have them." Uh, like they had, like, like there was one person. They 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 said, "Um, uh, I all I want right now is the stuff that I got rid of eight years ago." That is so fucking harrowing. Um, it's it's like I I can only imagine the the amount of like like just psychological fucking harm that that kind of thing can cause, where you just you fucking you, you you do this weird shit to your body, and then you come to regret it, and then you can't get it back. Uh, it's it, it seems absolutely fucking brutal, and um, uh, that's why uh, I think that 
to some extent, um, uh, the the trans like like I think that I think that uh, maybe to some extent, drag queens are an avatar of Slanesh. I I'm just gonna put that out there. Take from that what you will. You know what? I actually think drag queens are more evil than that because you know. Slanesh might be the embodiment of like uh, a sexual fucking degeneracy, but there's a type of uh, diabolical honesty, as paradoxical as that might seem, in that more so than there is in a, a uh, drag performer. Because if you think about it for a moment, drag queens and drag performances are like the last type of minstrel show that is still acceptable in western polite society to just have as like oh yeah let's all go to the drag queen show it's literally a bunch of what used to be predominantly straight men believe it or not that dress up as women in a mocking and derisive way and behave extremely hyperbolically doing and saying things that normal women wouldn't do as a literal joke at women's expense. Oh my god, you're right, it is a minstrel show. I never even thought about that. Because it's a caricature of a woman. It's not, like, they don't yes. act like women. It's a caricature. <laughs> it's an over-sexualized, hyper-feminized, like, curvy fucking skin-tight dress wig that's three feet fucking tall. <laughs> Bulge, clearly it's showing. like a clown show. Yeah. No, it, it is, because no woman actually acts like a drag queen. I, I don't think I've ever encountered a woman that, that, e that even is attempting to look like a drag queen. Uh, uh, except Lady Gaga, but, you know, if you look at Lady Gaga on a good day... Um, she's given Barbara Streisand the red for money. Who's Barbara Streisand again? What did she do? People are going to Google that. And they're going to do exactly what I mean. Don't worry about it. It's a gay thing. You, you'll be fine. Let's just keep going straight, not straight, man. <laughs> I, I don't see. I I know the word Barbara Streisand, but I actually was she like a like an actress or a singer or something? The Titanic. She was on the, the song in the Titanic. Oh, she, she sang, sang the that. song. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, she sung that. Right. Yeah, these are things uh, that I just don't know. Like, there are some things that are... I guess I'm not that well-cultured, especially when it comes to... Okay, but anyway, Parallax, the diabolical nature of trans-slash-drag queens. Now, trans and drag queens might be on... There might be similar Venn diagram overlaps, but they overall, they're not necessarily overlapping with her. You can be drag, but not transgender. And you could be transgender and have no interest in drag. So just a point of clarification before Parallax tells us what he thinks about all of these wonderful topics that I'm sure he's very interested in. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's... <laughs> I see transgenderism kind of in the same light as racism. It's like this weird, like, I'm miserable. Um, like, there must be some definitive solution or reason why I'm miserable or why this per uh, other person is miserable. And that's like, oh, it must, you must be transgender. 
and we see just like this remarkable uptick of kids being told they're transgender and like I've seen stuff on TikTok where like oh yeah they said I was transgender but turns out that's not really true I'm just body dysmorphic and it's like like how would you misdiagnose transgenderism unless you're trying to push that well you would you like, would you, you would misdiagnosis because you have uh, a medical community that is uh practices affirmation where they well they're if they're misdiagnosing the kid as transgender and the kid didn't even know and all these like school counselors are telling these kids that, like oh you you're like miserable and you feel all these symptoms and they're like generic depression and anxiety of teenagers and they're like oh you must be transgender it's like no it's it's not really it's not really affirming at that point it's it's kind of affirming and like they're giving them an excuse like oh you have this reason why you are the way they are and it's like kind of like the the crux of medical diagnoses like sometimes people fall into like oh i have this diagnosis that that's why i am the way i am it's like okay no that's what you have but like that's not why you are the way you are necessarily so so and and, and so it's it's like like blaming somebody for the skin the color of their skin and it's like that's not you being a different skin color than this other person is not the problem with them or you that's not what it is some people have a problem with skin color and sure that that contributes but like like raising kids like because you wanted a girl so you raise your boy like a girl and like treat them differently when they behave like a girl versus when they behave like a boy then that's that's not the kids the kid didn't do that to themselves somebody else did and their people are picking this transgender they pick this up as a cause and now that's like the good cause all of a sudden like if you disagree with them on like tax policy or something all of a sudden you're a racist and you're like that that makes no sense like i don't I, like you know i don't i don't think Tax policy. This is, uh, is the same as racism. This 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 practice of uh of just uh like okay for instance uh when when I was in uh when I was in kindergarten um there was uh this show called My Little Pony. It's not the the modern version of My Little Pony. This is like the My the way the, the way older one, right? And I, I I swear to God when I was when I was five years old. I enjoyed watching My Little Pony. Now I can't imagine what would happen if 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 this was like the modern era. Maybe because I was I enjoyed watching My Little Pony. Maybe you know I the the school would have said you know what you ought to dress him up in a dress and see how he likes that. Maybe uh, get him on you know some some fucking hormone blockers. Um, but you know actually I was just I was a five year old. I was a child. And I just liked the fucking ponies, and that's it. And I turned out to be a, a, a normal fucking heterosexual uh, adult male, and that's that's good. And it's it's okay that I enjoyed the fucking My Little Pony. It's not that big of a deal. Doesn't mean that I should have yeah. been trans. But I do want to point this out. Um, sometimes uh, medical procedures they get a whole bunch of hype. Like like the the, uh, the, the medical crowd, they're like, ah, oh, yes, this is the answer. We need to affirm this. Um, so uh psychology uh like uh, maybe like 60 years ago uh they wanted to get rid of uh seizures and uh so their idea was okay the way that you do this is you sever uh the corpus callosum this is what allows oh, yeah this is what allows the left and the right brain to talk to one another and it turns out that if you sever the corpus callosum you can actually reduce seizures um 
And it, it actually does kind of make sense because, you know, seizures are basically too much brain activity happening all at once. If you sever like that, that information highway between the left and the right brain, um, you can at least, uh, at, at the very least, isolate the seizure and prevent its propagation. So like, to, to some extent, it, it does, it does make sense. But um, severing the corpus callosum became very popular. Uh, and the medical community was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Well, it turns out that, uh, you know, 10, 15 years later, um, this, this process that was being done uh, actually has major effects on the life of a person. It actually uh, degrades their quality of life. There's actually a lot of issues with it, as you would imagine if you were to literally sever the two fucking um, halves of your brain. There's probably going to be some consequences. Uh, but, you know, yeah. for, for, for a time there, the medical community was like just fucking all thumbs up about it. It was, it was great. It was this new fucking panacea. I believe that this is what is happening with um, the 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 transitioning um of people and kids thing i think the the medical community is wrapped up in the dogma and the political correctness and the 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 it's this is the greatest thing just fucking make all the kids trans um not realizing that it, within 10 years within 15 years this is and actually already has uh caused massive fucking problems this is massively damaging for people um they're going to have to live you know, with this kind of shit for the rest of the life for the rest of their lives. It's actually terrible what we're doing to kids. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And you know, severing the corpus callosum uh, separated the left and right gyri, I believe it was. And one of the major effects of that was that like people couldn't tell the truth. Like you could ask them why they were where they were and they would just make up an answer. Like yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Pure, pure confabulation. So like it, it took 15 years for it to fall out of favorable practice, but the, the side effects were plainly obvious to people who weren't caught in the establishment. And this is no different than lobotomies. This is, this transgenderism, like the medical institution of it, is the new lobotomy. And, and they, <clears throat> I, I remember I was talking to, uh, uh, here on Discord, I was talking to, uh, uh, to, to one of these uh, pro-trans people, uh, maybe like two months ago, and I was talking to them, and they said, yeah, well, they just put the kids on hormone blockers. And I'm like, well, that's that's going to, like, e even if you put the kid on hormone blockers, like, that's going to fuck with your puberty. And they said to me, straight-faced, with 100% confidence, no, um, once you stop the horm hormone blockers, they will just resume puberty as normal. There yeah. is no fucking way that that's the case. You're telling me that you can put a, that, a fucking... Not how that works. No, like, like they're they're saying that you can put a twelve year old kid on hormone blockers, have them on hormone blockers for six years until they they turn eighteen, and then what? They'll just start puberty again as though they were twelve. No, there is no fucking way. That's not how that fucking works. You can talk to literally any like anyone who actually understands this shit. That that is not how that works. You don't just suddenly start puberty again as though you're twelve if you are blocked for six years and you try to do it when you're 18. That is not how that works. That's insanity. By the way, the medicine that they use to do this is Lupron, which is the same medicine that they use to chemically castrate sex offenders. <laughs> These are the same people that tell you that, like, infants at two months old can distinguish gender. And, like, when somebody gives you that argument, it's obvious that they've never been around a toddler. Like these must all be like single children or something. Well, I don't know. I think uh, like like a, a toddler can distinguish um uh, mom from dad. So like they they can distinguish gender. They they understand mom from dad, but they don't. 
figure out like that mom and dad are different genders really until later. They really don't. I mean, and, and even when they kind of have an understanding of gender, they don't really know what that means. Like they, 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 they're making stuff up way later than two months old. Like they're not talking at two months old. Like once they start talking and like talking full sentences, like it's clear that they still have no idea what the things are that they're talking about. In a lot of cases, uh, I think you know I, I, mean? I, I, I think uh, two and three year olds can be pretty smart. I think that I think that they oh. they absolutely can differentiate like the difference between an adult man and an adult woman. And I think that there are probably um, evolutionary reasons why it is that they would need to be able to do that. Um, I mean, mean that they understand what it really means. No, like like that, that that doesn't mean that 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 they can even approach like a. Uh, like they can't approach sexuality, they they can't approach um like their own identity identity of gender. But like I I think a two year old definitely can identify the difference between an adult man and an adult woman, like without a doubt. Um, These people talk about like two month year olds. These people are transitioning kids who can't even talk yet. It's insane. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah, no, it it is insane. Yeah, it is. It makes no goddamn sense. Uh, <laughs> but I I actually it well, is. Yeah. By the way, I've actually, I've heard adults, like, say with a complete straight face that they would never have figured out how to have sex if they weren't taught how to do it in sex ed. That is bullshit. That is the, you don't need a school to tell you how to fuck. I, if, if a dog can figure out how to fuck, I'm pretty sure that a human can figure out how to fuck. With outside of school. I think this person... I think this person actually believes this, but I don't think they've come to this conclusion through any type of rational thought process whatsoever. I think it's just pure bureaucratic inculcation by the institution. It's like, literally like V for Vendetta, I want it to be seen on every television and heard on every radio. Why they need us? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And no you're right, General Chief, is. like, dogs can figure this out, like, mon monkeys at the fucking zoo can figure this out. But if you're taught your entire life that the only way you figure anything out is through the apparatus of some type of bureaucratic state-controlled institution, then mimetically, when you talk to other people about how you know things or how you come to know things, like everything flows from Chairman Mao or Kim Il-sung, the great leader, or whatever... <laughs> See that that is I think that that's a grand evil because um, mm -hmm. uh, human beings human beings have it within like within us uh, innately the ability to understand nature and part of that is the ability to understand that like okay now that I'm I'm like now that I'm I'm I've gone through puberty I you 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 will innately know how, how to fuck a woman. I guarantee you, you don't need a school to teach you. You will be able to fuck a woman. In fact, I know that people can do this because um, human beings have existed for far, far, far longer than schools have existed. So I know for a fact that human beings are capable of fucking without any sort of instruction. But uh, the idea that it's through the institution, it's through the school that you learn how to fuck, this separates us from our nature. This makes it so that every every single aspect of our lives is dealt with through purely 
the 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 human aspect of things it, it's through uh conceptions that were designed and ordained by humans it's through governments and systems that were designed by humans everything is about what humans have as knowledge what we have all collectively agreed upon what we all say is known fuck that shit we have I also, uh, we have an innate understanding I, of nature. We do. We do not need other humans to be able to live regular human lives. We don't need the institution. Yeah, I, I know this, but what I'm thinking of is something along these lines. Like, I've seen and heard people that escape from North Korea, and surprisingly, they don't have a lot of good things to say about uh, their upbringing and what they were taught by the party and they tend not to believe that the kims are divine godly people anymore after escaping north korea because i don't know if you notice this but north korea is kind of a shithole where most people are starving to death and constantly suffering all the time but then in america or in the western world somewhere you get like some type of preppy kid that's probably has type 2 diabetes and is a massive freaking fat ass and he's like yeah i totally wouldn't know how to do any of this if i wasn't taught in school that means i support sexual education while he stuffs a ho-ho into his face the ho-ho fat kid in america can go on their entire life believing in the bullshit because they have the luxury to do so that a hardcore tyranny that pounds you into the ground and starves you to death and turns every waking moment of your life into a fucking constant whirlwind of suffering is going to be like, get me out of here at the first possible opportunity. Fuck this bastard. But they can't say that out loud. Well, that's see, that's that's because, honestly, um, North Korea went with a bad strategy. You see, uh, North Korea was like, yo, let's let's like do a. Uh, an authoritarian dystopia like 100% like they were they wanted to do that but they referenced 1984 so they went like super authoritarian fucking boot stamping on the face forever um whereas America was a lot smarter we were like you know what you know what um we can actually do um authoritarian dystopian regime but instead of referencing 1984 we will go with George Orwell's uh not not George sorry um uh, Aldous Huxley's um Brave New World and so we will actually make it so that the people enjoy the boot stomping on their face forever. They will ask for the boot. They will want the boot. They will cherish the boot. They will kiss the boot uh, because uh, the boot will provide them with, uh, with pleasure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, America is more akin to Brave New World. We, we're, we're smarter about our uh, dystopian authoritarian regimes. Let Parallax get in on this. Mm, I'm okay. I was just, I was kind of thinking. I was just kind of thinking. This is along the lines of the um, the Catholic virtue of uh, chastity. And normally, people think of chastity as just like not having sex, but chastity is actually like the formal definition is like um, understanding the intellect in the context of being human. So it's not like the intellect is not isolated from like your physical nature as being a human being. And so part of that is obviously sex, but it's like to understand the natural order of having a body and like living with that reality. It's not like just purely being trapped in the intellect and the mind or in, in thinking about spiritual things, but like the manifestation into the physical and the, the physical's effect on the, the practicality of, 
of the of the intellect and the spiritual. It's just kind of that, like where where the intellect disconnects from reality in this sense is is kind of what we're touching on. Uh, I I I I think that oftentimes uh, the intellect is not capable of fully understanding reality, and it is the it's the arrogance of man to go. Oh, you know what? Uh, I can't understand reality, so maybe reality is incorrect. It's my ideas that must be correct. Um, Ar arrogance and cowardice always go together. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely. always pretending to be something that you're not entitled to, and then when you're faced with the actual challenge, you run. Right, you're always hiding from something. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, uh, the the fact of the matter is that uh, uh, uh. The the human brain is great, but it is not infinite, uh, and it is not all powerful. Sure. And there are there are things out there that are beyond your understanding fundamentally. Um, and my, I'm I'm not even talking about uh, like uh, 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 I, I, I I'm not even talking about anything supernatural here. I guess I, right. I I'm I'm speaking specifically of like. For instance, um, uh, the the evolutionary process, uh, the way that an ecosystem works, the way that an economy works, uh, these are things that are beyond uh, human understanding. It's beyond human understanding to understand a neural, a neural network. It's beyond understanding human understanding to uh, even be able to understand um, the complex processing that occurs within the neuron of a single amoeba. Um, these are all things that are beyond uh, human comprehension, and we exist alongside them every day. Uh, it is incredibly arrogant to assume that all things much ma must match your ideas. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Your ideas are just things that you made up one day and that maybe some other people agree with, but they do not, they pale in comparison to what reality actually is. Unless there are more things on heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio. <laughs> right. Thinking everything must match your ideas is just arrogance for sure, but it's also it's also about entitlement. I think a lot of identity politics in general is about entitlement. It's like, oh, this thing is more privileged, so I'm going to identify as it. I want those pr the privileges of being that. And it's like, you're not that. You just want the privileges of being that. Give me my virtue points. I need more soy. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, I had a I had a conversation with a uh, with a Buddhist this week, and um, it was a really good conversation. In fact, uh, I want to I want to talk to this particular Buddhist more because uh, they're they're a smart smart guy. I mean, a lot of Buddhists tend to be um, uh, relatively smart and uh, also relatively humble. Um, but I, I I disagree with Buddhism fundamentally. Um, I think that I'm more of the uh, on the uh, Taoist side of things, although I wouldn't call myself a Taoist either. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was I was I was having this conversation with the Buddhist, a fantastic conversation. But I uh, it 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 led me to this to this kind of thought here, where I think that a a Buddhist tries to achieve enlightenment internally. They try to um, meditate, uh, quiet uh, their thoughts, and improve their focus. And then if they can focus enough and 
quiet their own thoughts enough and and really just you know uh i guess find absolute peace then through that they can achieve enlightenment but this is an internal battle this is something that they are doing within their own minds uh whereas i think that when it comes to taoism uh you are effectively studying nature uh <clears throat> this is the 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 wu way uh uh the 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 path or, or the central path uh but the i think i think that the the taoist is not trying to find enlightenment within their own mind i think that they are they're students of nature and it is it is the nature that is the enlightenment and they are simply studying this this process this organism this entity um, that is enlightened. And I guess by studying the enlightened thing enough, maybe you start to become a little bit more enlightened yourself. But the goal is actually not in and of itself to become enlightened. The goal is simply to follow nature. Um, and I think that this is a key difference between Buddhism and Taoism. Uh, and this is, I guess, why I would love to have a fucking, uh, uh, like a, a Buddhist or a Taoist uh, on here to actually um, hash this stuff out. Because uh, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm the most uh, well qualified uh, to be having the discussion, but um, that's uh, uh, that's that's kind of uh, that's that's how I perceive it. And you know, the interesting thing is that uh, if you think with nature, then you realize that well, actually, probably both of these things are incorrect, and uh, uh, Catholicism must be more correct because. <laughs> Uh, which which is the more popular religion, and which makes it so that you have more babies? Well, it's not the Taoists. There's uh, fleetingly few of them. Uh, Buddhists are like ten times as popular, but uh, they're not exactly a growing religion. Um, if if you really think with nature, then you realize, oh shit, uh, Catholicism and Islam are actually doing something correct. Uh, they are closer to the truth than anything else. Uh, which is uh, kind of an interesting conclusion, but, uh, you know, fucking uh, debate me, Buddhists. I, I think that you would have to, you, you kind of have to have both. Because, I mean, you ha you're going to have ideas in your head. Like, especially as you're taught things before you experience them. Like, you're going to have an idea of what something is, and it's going to be different than your expectation. And you're going to meet the experience of nature, or whatever it is, and then it's going to create this internal conflict and you have to settle the internal conflict also. Like you have to bring, like if you're going to perfect your, your spiritual nature, it has to be kind of like in tune with nature at the same time. Like you, you can't just escape the physical reality. Like the physical reality, if like you're a spiritual person is part of the point of your being. Like, it's intentionally there, like, as a Catholic, you know, like, God created the heavens and the earth kind of thing. Like, nature is there for you to learn from. And I, I think that, like, you need the internal reflection also, but, like, it can't just be an internal, internal reflection because then that's only going to be, like, expectations. And then, like, expectations that are, that you protect from the experience of the outside world that could be lead to easily to arrogance, which is where you running away from the actual experience in, uh, in favor of the dream or the fantasy. 
and like that, that does you actually no practical good because you cannot experience good in that case because you're always running away from it from the actual experience of it for one but you can't manifest good you can't actually do things that are productive or good for you uh or for the people that you care about like there's no like you, you have to be in you have to take your experiences with a grain of salt and um calm the inner ocean so to speak Uh, Parallax, you w would identify yourself as a, um, as a moral objectivist, right? Um, can you be, like, a little more specific? Uh, there are true moral claims that you can make within this universe. Sure. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am not myself a moral objectivist. I uh, I am more in the uh, the I guess the the JF crowd. I'm I would I would call myself a uh, a moral nihilist. Um, that's not to say that that you're wrong. It just is to say that I I think I disagree with you because you you, well, re uh, you, you reference good and I don't know what good is. Uh yeah. Um. So like. Let me pose a question for you. Like, if you have a desire, like you 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 want something. I have many. Maybe not something. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, like some of them, you might have a specific desire. Like, I want that exact thing. And other ones, like you don't know exactly what you want, right? How do you like? How would you know what you truly desire? without knowing or what how do you know what would best satisfy your desire without knowing the absolute truth of the nature that of, of yourself and what you're pursuing well uh number one i don't think that i can abs i can hold absolute truth of the nature of myself or the world or anything else and i would argue that you can't either so well, I'm, not, uh, I'm not talking about knowing knowing absolute truth i'm talking about the existence of absolute truth so, like, I, I can have a conception of God, but I also accept that my conception of God is is, is very human. Um, right, yeah. You, it, uh, it's derived from my own human mind and explanations and thoughts that I've made that are human, and it's going to be constrained by my practical understanding of what God could be. I'm not talking about, like, what I can understand, like, right, fully with, know with, God. I'm saying, like, Within your own within your own ideology, um, your your conception of God is inherently flawed, and it must be inherently flawed, right? Right. But I'm saying, so like for truth, like to the closer you are to the truth, not necessarily fully having it, but like you can pursue having a better understanding of truth, and that truth can be about yourself. And the nature of the thing that you're pursuing in order to fulfill a desire, and you might pursue something and think it's going to fulfill a desire, and then you get it, and it doesn't—you're not satisfied because that wasn't really what you wanted necessarily, or it didn't fulfill. You had a misunderstanding of either your desire or the thing you're pursuing. But the the, the more you um, pursue a perfect truth of yourself and your nature and the nature external to you, the closer you get to satisfaction. 
Right. And uh, so if we were strictly speaking about um, material reality and empiricism, I think that I would probably mostly agree with you. However, right. um, what you're talking about is uh, this, this kind of form of morality where we are dictating or, or trying to come to the truth of what is good and what is not good. Uh, I do not agree that these are things that exist. Uh, so well, well, Wait a I'm... minute. I've Go got ahead. something to interject in here. If liberty is preeminent to truth, if liberty is preeminent to truth, like you also believe, General Chief, why doesn't that liberty include the capacity to make an objective moral claim? Oh, and why uh, does your conception of truth impose and impinge upon pre the preeminence of liberty to the degree where you can claim with such certainty that truth about moral claims does not exist? Uh, so, of course, you are free to do uh, whatever you like. Uh, for instance, uh, I could have the freedom uh, to say that there is a teapot that is uh, circling the sun right now. Uh, and until you, uh, un un until you prove that there is not a teapot circling the sun, then uh, I will claim victory. Now, I can do that. I can have the freedom to do so. Absolutely. People should always have the freedom to claim that there's a teapot orbiting the sun for whatever goddamn reason. Uh, however, uh, I don't think that most people would, uh, necessarily believe in the said teapot. Uh, so, uh, from... That's an argument about populum. Well, okay, then let's discuss, uh, the merits of believing in a teapot that's orbiting the sun. Uh, from, from my perspective, uh, there, you, you can try to make claims that are evidence-based and that are backed up by empiricism, that's totally fine, but... Um, when it came, when it comes to claims about, uh, actions and whether these actions are inherently good or inherently bad or inherently neither, maybe, uh, I'm not so sure that, that, that there is evidence for such claims. I'm not so certain that, that you can actually make strong arguments for such claims in the same way that it's difficult for me to make an, a strong argument for the teapot or orbiting the sun. It's possible, yes, but, um... If you're so you going, if, if if you're going to make an objective argument about the world, which is what objective morality is attempting to do, then you ought to be able to I don't know uh, show some sort of reasoning and or evidence for your claim. Uh, that is to say, uh, I believe that I can very easily construct a world. Uh, in fact, reconstruct our world, uh, construct it from the ground up. Um, based off of preferences as opposed to uh, objective morality. And I believe that preferences uh, are uh, like if you, it's kind of like an Occam's razor. I believe that actually the existence of preferences um, are more than sufficient to explain the world that we exist in. And I do not need to evoke uh, some sort of um, universal morality uh, in order to get to where we are. I think preferences are sufficient. But you agree with me on the concept of truth. In at least a materialistic sense, right? Uh, I, be I believe I do, yeah. Okay, so then the pursuit of truth in itself is a good, since it, it is the pursuit, partially at least, the pursuit of the fulfillment of human desire. So that is a no, good for no, a human. No, no, that's, that's no, that's, that's not why I pursue truth. Uh, I pursue truth because uh, 
evolution built into me a set of preferences. Uh, part of those preferences are to make sure that I reproduce. Um, understanding the world better and trying to understand the truth uh, may um, give uh, benefit when it comes to uh, copying myself into the next generation. Ergo, that's something that I do. That would be a good, it's just in accordance with your physical nature. Because, well, okay, if, if you want to describe good as um, appealing to my preferences, uh, then yes, that's nah. that's fine. For instance, not, um, not, uh, not I, if, to any if, pursuit. If, if, if I go to a, to an ice cream shop, um, I don't want the chocolate ice cream. I like I want the vanilla ice cream because um, because maybe I'm just kind of a vanilla guy. I actually have never really in, like liked chocolate ice cream. I'm not a big fan of chocolate ice cream. I like vanilla ice cream more, especially French vanilla ice cream. So if I go to an ice cream shop, I will. My preference is to get the um, the French vanilla ice cream and not the chocolate ice cream. So in that way, if you want to say that it's good, therefore, for me to get the the uh, French vanilla ice cream, that's fine. We can use that word uh, in that way. Um, but I don't think that that's the way that you use that word. Um, I mean, you're putting a specific in there. But um, you could say, like, understanding nutrition is good. It's a pursuit of truth. Um, because it allows you to feed yourself and be healthy and the more truth, reproductive. The and, truth is only good so far as it, the truth is only good so far as it is useful. The truth well, in and of itself well, is not good. Well, I'm not talking about uh, facts or what are believed facts. I'm talking about like absolute truth. Well, right, right. But here, okay, but here's the thing, right? So I can I can pursue the truth, and I can um, let's say that I, I try to like let's say I'm, I'm Elon Musk, and I, I I figure out a way to. Um, take a rocket ship and put it onto Mars so that humans can colonize Mars. That is a truth that I can study, and we can say that that is good, right? Um, however, I can also pursue other truths. So I can figure out, statistically speaking, exactly um, the average number of eggs that a, a Virginian catfish produces. Now, this is also the pursuit of truth, but this particular brand of truth is not useful to fucking anyone. Um, because, yes, it's the truth, but it's not a useful truth. It's not useful in almost all applications to know exactly how many eggs are being produced by the Virginian catfish. Uh, so the pursuit of truth in and of itself is not necessarily useful. It has to have uh, a, a human-level usefulness for it to be something that anyone actually wants to pursue. And you can see this throughout all of science. Uh, we don't study just anything. We study things that are useful to humans because they are fucking useful. And I guess this would be quote-unquote good, although I wouldn't use that word. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's something a bit... There's a bit of a hypocritical fly in the ointment and all this with you, General Chief, that I'm starting to notice just now. What's that? Um, okay. Now... I'm, I'm trying to pick my language very carefully, but I don't really give a shit about offending people, so here it goes. Um, it is also a, weirdly enough, it is a true empirically observable fact that scientifically minded empiricist, atheistic, secular individuals such as yourself manifestly reproduce less than highly religious people. So if you were making a utilitarian argument that pursuit of knowledge is only good insofar as it fosters your reproduction, you would convert to a religion right now. Uh, <clears throat> right. So, um, 
you are you are correct. I'm not religious, and uh, although I, I I have plans, I have not yet reproduced. Uh, however, um, okay, sure. Uh, number one, I'm not making a utilitarian argument. I'm making a preferential argument. I I uh, I abhor utilitarianism, and I I hate the fact that you would even associate uh, associate me with that uh, that that line of uh, thinking. Uh, number two, uh, yeah, yeah, perhaps, perhaps Catholicism knows something more than I do. Um, perhaps it is better to, uh, relinquish science and just pursue Catholicism because ultimately that makes it so that you have more babies. Uh, perhaps on, perhaps on that avenue, I'm incorrect. Uh, it, perhaps it is better for most people to, uh, relinquish science and pursue, um, Catholicism or Islam or some other... Uh, religion that demands that you reproduce. Um, that that could be the case. That very well could be the case. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I, I am in agreement with you. It, it is it is perhaps the case that I'm taking a a mal-suited path in life by trying to do some science stuff. Perhaps that's the case. But at at the same time, um, my reasoning stands. I uh, I I don't I don't believe in objective morality. I'm an objective nihilist. I. You can be a scientist and still be Catholic. That there's no rejection of science in that. Um, it's just well, like you said, the the, the the concept of good is not the the concept of pursuing truth. I don't mean the the concept of pursuing frivolous knowledge because that can be in itself a bad. Um, it's it's the idea that there is a truth and that you're working towards it but you're doing it in a human-relevant manner, like a manner that actually matters to human beings, of course. Um, uh, so I would say that, like, that, but that, that helps you fulfill the nature, what nature is trying to pursue in you as a, as a manifest part of nature, as a manifestation of nature. Um, you are trying to fulfill something, and the pursuit of truth helps you fulfill that. And yes. it doesn't have to be like utilitarian pleasure. It can be nourishment, reproduction, um, things of that nature that are um, not just natural, but also innately human. Sure, but and to I... do that, you have to understand science and the world around you to some degree, and you have to understand yourself. But I look to nature, and I, I attempt to study nature. Sure, and uh, yeah. when I, I think that's good. When I when I look at nature, um, I do not see goodness in nature uh nature is an entity that is more than willing to sacrifice uh 99 baby sea turtles in order to make sure that um the the best sea turtle makes it to the ocean uh, i'm not saying that's good or bad though well i'm saying the pursuit of it, the I, pursuit I agree with you knowing the, is what's good but when you look at nature nature does not seem concerned with any sort of uh I guess, human conception of ethics or morality. Uh, nature is more than willing to uh, make creatures suffer, make baby creatures suffer. Um, it's it's kind of like this this churning meat grinder that uh, it, it, sure? it, it causes massive suffering for all organisms that are involved, but at the end of the day, it does produce a better organism. Uh, it's I almost... I wouldn't argue that suffering is evil, though. Well, okay, but... Look at what nature is. It's almost like this sociopathic um, algorithm that 
always produces a more fit organism, but does not care how much suffering it takes to get there. Uh, so I don't I, I, I don't see nature as being inherently bad or inherently good. It's something different. It is just nature. It is a thing that is doing what it will do because that is the pattern that 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 is a result of the universe that we live in. Um, it is trying to maximize entropy, and so that is what it does. Uh, it cares not for our human conceptions of what is good and what is not good. Uh, so no, so. When when it comes to 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 this this Catholic let's specifically Catholic uh, conception of what is good, I think that this is uh, muddled with the thinking of man and the thinking of what is good and what is not good because uh, well, of course it is. man is we're muddled talking with about this. what is good for man. But but this is this is not actually uh, this is this is human conception. Human conception, as as we have talked about before. Human conception is not equivalent to reality. In fact, human conception is is a is a false shadow of reality. Uh, so when you say, "Ah, yes, this is just objectively good," I go, you know, I'm not sure that that's true. I think that you're just trying to label that thing as being objectively good. So you think that believing that there's a teacup orbiting the Earth is somehow useful or equally useful no, as the No, not at all. Truth. No, I, I, that was an example. I don't believe that there is a teacup orbiting the sun, no. So studying nature... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, of course, that you did. I'm saying that you, you think that believing or looking for the teacup is the same equivalence to human beings as searching for truth or studying nature or science. No, the the there's an objective difference. The teacup, the, the the teacup example is so I I I I have no qualms with humans uh, trying to pursue uh, what is what is reality. I'm in I'm an, an empiricist myself. My my issue is is when humans decide, oh, um, there are certain forms of behavior that I'm just going to label across the board, no matter what, as being good. I. Uh, that to me is similar to the teacup. You don't have any evidence for this claim, um, but you believe in it for whatever reason. And what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't have any evidence. But if you if you say that it's you're saying that it's not equivalent. Searching for the teacup is not is not equivalent to studying nature. Like there there's a clear distinction between the two. At least it seems like in your mind. Uh, so that would be objectively preferential to like because you you mentioned arrogance before like arrogance is bad like you know, you're going to make mistakes out of arrogance and and you're going to cause yourself problems and other people problems so like it is preferential to not be arrogant and to pursue truth no matter what it brings you right no not necessarily um for instance uh, I. There are many, many, many species that exist that do not pursue the truth, and yet uh, uh, are, we're not, we're not, are completely functional. We're not talking about other species. Well, but I'm we are because in a human, whatever, in a human context, for but, us, the pursuit of truth is good. Whatever, whatever idea that we come up with, um, it would be silly if it only applied to humans and didn't apply to any of the other species on Earth. Uh, what makes humans special? So, but how can arrogance be bad then? Well. I, I'm not certain that arrogance is inherently bad. 
I I I I I believe that uh maybe there there are places where arrogance is actually fantastic from an evolutionary perspective. Sure. Yeah, why not? Um it may not benefit you in pursuing the truth, but maybe it benefits you in making more copies of yourself. And in which case, yeah, let's go for the boys. Uh but my 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 issue is uh why is it that one would label one entire category of behaviors as being good and another one bad? Like, how is it that you would even know that? I mean, you yourself said that you you cannot know God. You can only have like a like kind of like a, a primitive, almost childlike understanding of God. How is it that you can even be in a position to label things as being good or bad, morale, uh, morally speaking? I mean, at the very least, I think that uh, from your position, one ought to claim agnosticism when it comes to the goodness and badness of certain behaviors. I don't think that you are in any position to claim the objectivity of good or bad behaviors. And I am simply standing here well, saying, I, can... I don't think that there are any good or bad behaviors. I could be agnostic about all kinds of behaviors. Like, there's, there's a man picks a flower. Why? There could be an infinite number of reasons. A man why he murders does so. a child. And I, uh, Is this good or bad? I, no, no you, well, I'm, I'm talking about, like, I can be agnostic about whether something is good or bad, or somebody's reasons for doing something were good or bad. Like, I don't, it doesn't, it's not always relevant to some degree. Like, I don't, I don't think there's a moral quandary about how many sea, sea turtle die, babies die. That's not a human issue. Okay, then I, I, I think that... But I, I think that, like, if um, I am afraid of germs and I decide to spray the entire earth with, with bleach and it kills everything, that would be objectively bad. No, I think that that would be objectively an action that you took. I wouldn't claim it as being evil or good or, or bad or good. Are people going to be hurt by it? Oh, probably, yeah. But people are hurt by lots of things well, all the time. I and it's then it but but it's something I intentionally did without respect for what the consequences were. Sure, but now so you're that's not good. But now, it, you, it, now, now, now you're claiming that as being bad, but why? Why is that bad? When well, I mean, when it, nature it, it, itself it, it, when, it, when nature itself provides for basically an infinite uh, uh meat grinder machine that causes great suffering to most things that are involved with it, uh but we're not gonna call nature bad. But we're going to call what that action that you did, where you bleached the planet, bad. It's inherently evil. Why? Why is this inherently evil? What's the justification? Oh, are we talking about evil or bad? Because there's a distinction there too. Well, I uh, I guess that right. we'll have to get into the semantic difference. Uh, what do you believe is the difference? Um, well, first of all, I think we're kind of having an argument about our differences of free will. Like the existence of intentionality. It's possible, but let's 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 get through the so, bad, like, bad versus evil first. Uh, so, like, if if I buy a watch or I build a watch, whatever, and it tells time, that's good. It provides me with something that I can use and be more productive or effective in some way. Okay, that's so good. goodness goodness is not morality. Goodness is usefulness. Um, exact like the specific definition, but it's not strictly a spiritual thing. Unless the it's watch, a, it's a, it's a, it's unless the watch practical... is inherently morally good, you just said that the watch is good because it is useful. And if if you yeah, want to use goodness good. in in that in that like, like if you want to use goodness in that phrase, then one hundred percent I'm on board because that's how I use the word good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So I go to the grocery store, I buy goods. It doesn't matter what kind they are, they're good. They provide, I'm providing for myself. Right, or, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, we're those, on the those same are page. Good. Those are, those are material yeah. goods. Right, right, right. If the watch is broken or breaks, then it's bad. It doesn't provide for me the thing that is useful anymore. The distinction with evil, yeah. like, so that's a materialistic aspect that, that of bad. It's like it's, it's, no, it's not doing what it should. Evil would be if the watch could decide to tell time or not, and it decided to intentionally set me off my scale just to thwart me or harm me. Is there a, is there a goodness beyond what is useful, such as the goodness of God? Is God only good because he's useful, or is he good for other reasons? Um, that's an interesting debate or conversation. Um, I think that God is inherently good and is the source of good, just as such as the same way as he's the source of everything, so he's therefore the source of truth. Um, but you're defining goodness evil, as being that which is useful. So God is infinitely God is useful. the ultimate definition of good. And therefore useful. And, um, and therefore useful, yeah. Or uh, therefore beneficial, you could say, in, that, in, in a way. Like, uh, the pursuit of God is beneficial. <clears throat> uh... God is the ultimate good, and the pursuit of good is beneficial. Okay, so this is actually, uh, this is new ground for me, because I don't think that I've ever met a Christian who defined God's goodness as being that which is useful, um, which I think is actually, I think it's actually a fantastic definition, because it's, it's, it's one that I think is a lot smarter than just like, uh, it's just like, good, bro, like, it's fucking holy and like, angels like it, so like, it's good. Um, I actually I'm like this definition, we, we, we can, we can fucking I'm kind this. of in a utilitarian groove um, partly because I'm used to talking to secular people um, so God is like so it's like the truth argument God um, is true God's truth comes from God but God is truth so like God is good he's the source of good good, good emanates from God therefore the benefits of good uh, are obtained from the pursuit or closeness to God. I'm not super uh, which interested is, in... Which is useful, but it's not... In it. It's I'm... beneficial, but it, it's beneficial in kind of a roundabout way. I'm not super interested in um, your arguments that you make in appeal to secular individuals. I'm actually more interested in what you believe. Do you believe that God's goodness is ultimately... Um, a function of usefulness, or do you think that it is something grander than just being extremely useful? I, I think that human beings, as created, are in the in the pursuit of good. We are designed to perceive good or to pursue good for the purpose of pursuing good, which is God. The the well, ultimate purpose of, of our existence as a, as a Christian is to know and love God, and God is good, and the pursuit of God is good. So well, it's, if, it's if, more like, it's it's not that we pursue God because it's useful, it's God created us 
so that we would pursue God. But if we're if we are just uh, humble evolutionary organisms, then of course we would pursue God because you have defined God as being that which is useful. And if there's one thing that ev that, no, that, no. that that evolutionary organisms do, it's they pursue useful things. So technically speaking, I think that you you have made God equivalent to um, just evolving to become better at your environment. Um, I think no, see, you're reversing the cause and effect. Okay. From from my perspective as a Christian, God created us to pursue good, and he manifested the nature of good also in nature. So, like, the pursuit of good in a mater purely material sense is a reflection of the supernatural sense. And the, and the supernatural... Uh, is not like something outside of the natural. It is the natural order, but it's like a higher level of the natural order. Okay, so what is goodness within the supernatural sense? Uh, purely speaking, it's it's uh, to know and love God, the pursuit of God. It's 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 uh, it's uh, God is equivalent to goodness, right? Yeah. Um... Well, not That's, just that, but that uh, is also equivalent to truth. Potentially a bit of a like, tautology that we're getting into here. Um, because if, if wait God, a minute. If, um, go ahead, Breaker. In the uh, in the Aquinian definition of Thomas Aquinas, he defined God as ipsum esse, persistence of being, to be itself. I am that I am. It's the essential state of being itself. Yeah, which manifests in the intellectual versus like the reality. Well, if, if if God is simply being, then actually I, I, I can agree um, in the existence of that God, but that God uh, would uh, I believe not have an inherent uh, uh, morality. I, I think that that God would, would be as much of a moral nihilist as I am, because it, it it's specifically just about being, not about the, well, the, the goodness of an action. We're not talking about simply existing. We're talking about being. Okay. So to be, like the distinction between being like the arrogance of the fantasy or the dream and running away from like the natural reality, nature, uh, what is true, and actually pursuing what is true and manifesting that internally in the intellect and then manifesting the intellect into a new state of being. I don't know what that means. Um, like, if you, if, if you have a fantasy that you are something, that doesn't make you that thing. Oh, like, like trans so, people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was just, I almost said that, and I was like, uh. <laughs> a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. bigotry, like, I'm shocked and appalled by this bigotry. This right, has right, right, to right. stop Team Fedora. The so you can, God you, can, you can believe you're the best at something, and uh, a humble person will encounter somebody who's better than them and say, "Well, they're better than me," and they'll try to learn from that. They'll they'll take the experience of that other person and maybe work harder, maybe just say, "Wow, that person's really better than me," and like appreciate that they're better. An arrogant person will either try to hide from the fact that the other person is better than them, or they'll try to destroy what makes that other person better. 
And if the if the if the arrogant person if if the arrogant person succeeds, um, then uh, they have won at evolution, and in which case uh, the, the, the deeds they did were actually beneficial for their gene line. Uh, so but they haven't manifested a truer sense of being. But that doesn't matter because it appears as though it appears as though life is basically uh, freedom. There is no inherently good or bad action that one can take. So, for instance, I can... In I, your I can, theological I, system, well, I, but not I, Okay, but I can, I can imagine a system, for instance, where um, let's say that I am uh, the brother of the king, and if I murder the son of the king, uh, then I become the next in line for the throne, and maybe that will benefit uh, my own reproduction massively. And let's say that I do that, and it actually works out, and now I'm the new king, and I father, you know, 17 children, and I create uh, an entire reign that lasts for a thousand years. Well, in that case, uh, the action that I took may have been morally rep reprehensible, according to, you know, the Christian god or a Catholic or whatever, but ultimately that action was, quote-unquote, good because it was extremely useful for my own genes. Um... But and that that is that, else, well, it it doesn't matter because we live in a reality that does not seem to be or uh, like ordained or constricted by um, moral uh, repercussions. It seems to be ordained by the repercussions of what makes your DNA copy itself or not. For instance, um, if you though. if you well, no, if you look at lions, right? We, we we look at nature for what truth is. We don't look to ourselves. We look at nature, and within nature, um, a lion, a, like a, let's say that, that a lion kills the uh, the patriarch of 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 a uh, uh, of of a of a, uh, a pack of lions. Uh, that that lion that invaded and killed the patriarch will then go and eat uh, all of the cubs that were from that original lion. Why? Well, it it just it makes evolutionary sense. You 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 don't want your 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 competitor to have have his sons just kind of flowing around. Um, these are the things that have existed within nature for the last four billion years. And it is only within the past, like, maybe 10,000 years that human beings have come around and they said, you know what, I don't like how nature works, so I'm going to impose my own ideas about how things ought work. And um, the thing is, is that humans are probably not correct here because we're new to the scene. We're, we're like, when it comes to our, our reasoning and our thinking, we're barely, like, 10,000 years old. Um, what makes it so that human morality is suddenly, like, uh, on top of, of the... Of, of the dynamics of nature I would say extremely unlikely so would you prefer to live in a human society where we just resort to violence until we're at going at each other with wooden sticks because everything is rubble uh, I would I would argue that uh, actually I believe that we live in um, exactly the society that I am talking about uh, most people are not actually working off of morality or ethics uh, but humans oh. are selfish and so, for instance, um, let's say that I'm really angry at someone and I want to kill them. Well, I don't kill them, even though I want to, because of the repercussions. It's not because I think I'm going to go to hell or that God is going to judge me. It's that uh, it just it doesn't make logical sense for me to go on a killing spree unless well, I'm a goddamn sociopath. Because do it doesn't benefit objectively, me. Do you think we should objectively remove all the repercussions then? 
No, not because you're at all. talking about the objectiveness of good and evil. Well, then why not? No, it's, the, not, it's not bad, right? The repercussions exist as a result of of nature itself. Uh, nature itself uh, basically said to humans, "Hey, if you kill, expect that there will be retaliation," which means that human beings. How's, how's that not objective? It's not objective because it's not universal. It's it's contextual to the to the instance that that the human finds themselves in. But these are the set of rules that nature ordained upon us. And well, uh, like the, the watch example, if the watch has no intentionality, human intentionality, then it can't be evil. The watch is just a watch. It's a tool. Right. So it can't be evil. I'm not. I'm not. I don't believe a watch like, is evil. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, if a potato doesn't tell the time, it's not evil or bad. No, it's not a, a potato serves a, a different purpose. I, I, I it never made, I mean, right, it, it serves a purpose in that sense, a, a very human purpose. And nature, so object, objectively, we want those repercussions in a society because they they benefit us. Of course, like yeah, if yeah, do, yeah. If we just resorted, if we just resorted to to violence to solve any disagreement we had rather than like tolerating disagreement or learning from it then that would be objectively a worse state of existence of being well, for us would it not I, I don't I, I don't think that I want a fundamentally different civilization than you do I think that for the most part you and I want the same civilization we want humans to be to remain at, at you know in relative peace we don't want too much violence um we want a in relatively a sense, uh, stable civilization the sure. We, we want all of these things, except that I say that this comes down to a preference, and I believe that the reason why it is that people don't murder each other all the time is because of the consequences that nature has put in place. Uh, and so within my vision, even though I, th I, I think that, that we want the exact same civilization, in my vision, um, I don't believe that an objective morality is necessary for at, at any step of, of this entire process. I believe that it can all be solved by, um, you know, probably the reason I don't kill someone is because I, I might get killed back. And so it is probably in everyone's best interest to sort of try to cooperate, because also oh. the Earth itself is inhospitable and is actively trying to kill you at all times. So it makes sense for humans to cooperate. And we don't need morality for, to justify that. So you're 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 not making a different argument in a lot of cases than I am. You're just calling it something different. You're saying, "Oh well, this is preference, right?" And I'm saying, "Well, like I'm not I'm not arguing for good as being outside of human preference. I'm saying that like your desire, which is say abstract, it's non-concrete." is ultimately for good. Right. It's intended, but... it's intended for good, and to some degree, if it were not screwed with too much by outside forces, I'm not saying that people are naturally good, more like naturally innocent, which is a kind of good, but it's not the same. Um, it's preferential, for sure. But that's the nature of being human beings. I'm not trying to separate good and evil from the nature of being human beings. Like, there are certain things that are evil that are specifically evil because we're human beings, not because we're some spiritual creatures. Like, it's just in our nature. You're just using different words in a lot of cases. But I think you're, you're, you're essentially arguing for the same thing. Like, Catholic morality... Um, 
uh, to, to, to cut yeah. you off for a second, um, we're not arguing for the same thing. Uh, what, what, what I'm arguing for oftentimes results in the same thing that you're arguing for, right? Like, we, we want a similar outcome. However, um, you are mm-hmm. making the statement that there are objective moral, cla- moral claims that exist out there in the ether. I am saying I reject those. I can construct basically the same civilization as you want to construct, but without any sort of uh, uh, objective moral claims. Are you okay? That's when the you difference. You're not. Um, maybe I'm misunderstanding your use of the word objective here. You don't mean empirical, do you? In a sense. Uh. Jesus, I I would I really don't think that you can use empirical with morality, but I mean I'm not the most well studied um, philosopher of ethics, so I I I I actually don't know. So what do you mean by objective? You're not are you speaking like an and ran sense where it's like you're separating the emotionality out of it because I'm. Oh no no, or... no 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 no! I'm I'm not a I'm not a Randian. Um, by by I'm not an objectivist. I uh, no. Okay. What, what, what I'm saying is that I I do not believe. So objectively in the universe, I believe that gravity exists. Do you agree that gravity objectively exists in the universe? Did he die? Uh, Parallax? Where did everyone go? Oh, oh shit. He must have uh, he, he lost connection there for a bit. That was actually a really good conversation. We'll, okay. uh, we'll get back um, to it in a minute. Do you think that objectivity and truth are the same thing? Uh, no. No, I don't believe so. Okay, so objectivity has more to do with existence at base than it does with conceptualized truths. Uh, I was actually going to use the words in the in the um, in the inverse fashion, um, but yeah, because if it's true that gravity exists, but you put truth as like an emergent property that emanates from freedom, then. It's merely your lack of freedom to defy gravity that makes gravity true. No, uh, gravity appears to exist, uh, no matter what we do. Whether human beings ever existed or not, gravity appears to exist. Parallax is back. No, he's not. Actually, he just (laughs) just lost connection again. (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. How unfortunate. Um, uh, so if if gravity is like an existential component of reality, then like enough. trying to claim that gravity is true or empirically instantiate gravity is kind of like this frivolous tail chasing effort that you engage in much further down the line that in a sense, gravity would exist regardless of what you think about it, so to think anything about it at all, up to and including to say that it is true or false, is a trivial errand. Uh, 
I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I, I think that um, gravity exists independent of humans existing. Now, here's the thing. I don't think that morality exists independent of humans. I think that morality appears to be entirely dependent on humans, which is why gravity is objective and morality is not objective, according to my worldview and the way that I see things. Is he back? Parallax, like are, 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 are you back? I am. I have to a double aux cord and then I stepped on it and then plugged the wrong one in. Sorry. Uh, okay, yeah, you were being retarded, 100%. Uh, but, uh, Parallax, we, uh, sure, I, sure. I, I, I left off at, um, uh, do you believe in the objectivity of gravity? I, yeah, but what is... I, yes. So, according to your worldview, then, um, morality, the goodness and or evilness of actions is equivalent in objectivity to, say, gravity. And this is where I disagree with you, because... I think that gravity exists independent of humans, whereas I believe that morality is essentially dependent on human beings to exist and interpret. So I do not believe that it is objective to the universe. Gravity is objective to the universe. Stars are objective to the universe. Morality, I'm not so certain. I think that morality is a human invention. I'm, I'm not sure that he's even going to disagree with you because the way I'm thinking about it... That that doesn't really seem to be like contradictory with Catholicism too much, but I'll I'll let Parallax go. Go Parallax, go before you step on the. No, I, I'm just double checking my understanding of objectivity. Lack of favoritism. So I mean, technically, morality, human morality, does exist for humans because humans kind of fucked up with the whole Garden of Eden thing. Yes, so, but uh, also, but also, English exists for humans, but that doesn't make English yeah. objective. No, that's true. Um, would you say that uh, SJWs or transgender people are happy? Uh, I, I don't know all of their internal emotional states, but if I were to guess based off of how they behave in general, they seem to be deeply unhappy. And I would say that statistical studies actually bear that out. So without like favoritism, because I'm not a conservative, like I would say that their ideology objectively makes them unhappy or maybe something about what they believe or something about them. They're, they are um, objectively unhappy. Like we can say without bias of, of our own political views, like they're not happy people. I'm not sure how so it is that one would measure happiness. What I can say is if you, let's, let's say that we, that we have a, um, some sort of like a, test, like an IQ test that we can do, except instead of intelligence, it measures unhappiness. Um, and let's say that we give this to trans people. Then, in that case, we can objectively measure that that this test is telling us 
that according to the parameters of this test, they tend to be unhappier. Tend to be unhappier is the key word there. Because maybe there's a couple assholes that are fucking super happy and they're just gay as fuck. And I mean gay in the happy sense of that word. Um oh, sure. So yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you you could do that. Well, sure. we might not have a very good understanding of happy, but if we pursue the truth of what happy means, then we could survey it better, and that would be more useful to measuring what makes us happy, right? I'm not sure that there is actually truth in happiness. Like, what is the truth that you're pursuing there? Like, what it's 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 an emotional state. Like, actually, you're well, not, you're, you're not pursuing anything objective. You're pursuing something that is subjective. How is that not? How is that with a bias? What what is the what is what is the bias that you're providing, or, or not providing? But what is the bias that you're trying to isolate here as non-objective? No, I'm I'm saying that I think that the state of being happy appears to be a qualia, and a qualia seems to be something that is very difficult to measure objectively. It seems to be a subjective experience, much like um, my perception of the color red. It seems. Very, very, very difficult to take any sort of qualia and churn it into something that we can call objective. I, I, I haven't thought about that about this that much, but I think you're that, reducing that to empiricism. Then, well, I. How else would you try to objectively quantify happiness? I. It would have so to be through empiricism, would it not? So you said that objectivity is not empirical. So I'm, I'm a little confused. Wait, no, 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 no. I, I didn't. I didn't say that objectivity wasn't empirical. What I was saying was that happiness is subjective. Right, and I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to our, our, our difference potentially on the use of objectivity here. And previously, you said that you would not equate objectivity with imperialistic, being imperial. Start calling him more names and start fighting. <laughs> We're not telling me he's going fighting. to hell. We're, we're, we're not fighting. We're, we're um, General Chief. You're going to hell. We have a misalignment of uh, of maybe like a tautology or something. No, this this this. this might, um, enough. Actually, most uh, uh, most arguments uh, that I have with people that I otherwise mostly agree with, um, I, I think they end up being semantic arguments, and at the end of it, we realize, oh shit, we're talking about the same thing. Um, <clears throat> I, th I think that we're not quite talking about the same thing because, like, you make the, the King's Brothers argument, um, and you see the reproduction as um, as as being good by my definition, and that would not be good by my definition, as per the uh, reducing everything to sticks and stones example. Ah, uh, yes. Like, okay. Uh, excellent. So. Um... My argument uh, abides via nature. Um, you and I can both see how it is that uh, from the perspective of your DNA, from the perspective of your genes, that um, the, the king's brother murdering the king's son and becoming the king and producing 17 offspring um, is good for his genes. Ergo, um, that is the correct answer. Um, what you have is a different answer, and uh, what you should therefore consider is why is my answer um different than the answer that nature gives because nature gives us the answer 
it tells us precisely uh, uh, how to exist in the world. If you come I'll up with a different that. answer, then your answer is contrary to nature. Ergo, your answer is probably wrong. Um, no, but our, our, our nature gives us human beings. Of and human it does. beings, yeah, it's we, we can we can empirically put our hand on the stove and say that hurts and yes. that does not make me happy. Like, no. You can't necessarily say how happy or unhappy you are, like quantitatively, but you can say that that doesn't. But I don't like that. Right, you can totally do that. And in, in that case, when it comes to the hot stove, you and I are both agreeing with what nature tells us. But um, your answer is actually in disagreement with nature. So from my How perspective... Disagreement with nature? Well, because nature tells you that if you're, the, if you're in the position where you can kill the king's son and assume the role of king, then, um, yeah, go ahead and pursue that. Uh, especially if... What if we're not the king's brother, but we just kill the king to replace him? Okay, uh, again, w let's take this very. Let's take this specific scenario, and then we can think about other scenarios. But when it comes to this specific scenario, um, nature tells us uh, if you're the king's brother and you're not going to face any consequences, you'll get away with it. Then absolutely kill the king's son, because that is what nature um, effectively demands of you. Uh, whereas your answer goes against nature. Now, it goes against nature in favor of uh, more of the uh, Catholic idea of um, morality and, and, like, I don't know, uh, being closer to God or whatever. But, but you have to inject but the your, lack of consequences, your, your which is answer, not natural. Right, but your, your answer goes against uh, what, what nature tells us we ought do. Now, I am, I am personally of the opinion that uh, nature is greater than man. So if you have an answer that disagrees with nature, then it is you that has the incorrect answer. It is not nature. Nature never has the incorrect answer. I don't. I don't think I've said that nature has the incorrect answer. I think that you've, you've, you, you, you. I don't think you explicitly removed consequences from your argument to say that nature is this, but consequences are natural. I said if you could get. So away. you had to re. I said right, if you, you could you had to if you could get away uh, away with it. Do you think that, that no one has part of that is to remove part of nature's opinion that's inconvenient to you? Do you think that do you think that no one has ever gotten away with something in the history of humanity? Actually, it happens all the time. There are many instances within nature where you can do something that is quote unquote wrong, but you can get away with it and it benefits you. That happens all the time in nature, literally all the time. That's not an isolated incident. That that happens. People get away with shit all the time. Um, uh, much like how... Uh, uh, Do you want to live in that society where everybody's just getting away with stuff? Where there's, there's no societal consequences for doing anything? No, I live in these... Well, you don't want that. Why not? I live is, in the... Is that objective? I live in the society that is constructed by nature. I accept that I live within this society. I uh, I do preference? not I do not think that it is necessarily inherently good nor evil. I I believe that I live in a society that is constructed by nature. Um, has nature apparently constructed a civilization with trans kids in it? Yes. Uh, do I find this unfortunate? Yes. But do I have to continue to live in this civilization anyway? Also, yes. But by your own own argument, um, like the non the lack of reproduction is bad. Because that would be against nature. Uh, Although, if, by your own argument, also, since everything is just natural preference, that is also fine. 
If, Although it uh, doesn't, it doesn't meet it doesn't meet your requirement that everything move towards reproduction. If all the lefties uh, choose to make their kids trans and and abort their own children or whatever, then that is fine with me because that leaves more room for my own kids. Uh, no matter what, nature will find a way. No matter how hu crazy or retarded humans become, nature will always find a way. Well, they're denying nature, though. That's fine. They can deny nature, and they will lose as a result. And that is fine, because other yeah. people and that's, that's, will that's not deny nature, and they will win. That's an ob objective difference in consequences between two different sets of actions, correct? Fuck yeah, let's go. So how, so how is that unnatural? None of it's unnatural. No, we we live in within uh, within. Uh, the and I mean, how is it how is it de denying nature that there's an objective difference in consequences? Because you're saying there's no such thing as objective good, but then you see an objective difference in consequences, and you say, well, nature's nature wants you to reproduce, and then they don't reproduce, and there's and there and, and there are consequences. A, right, and there's a clear difference in there are um, there are consequences to every single action that you take. That's not. My argument is about this idea that there is an innate goodness or evilness behind the actions that we take. I'm not against, I, I like, I am specifically in favor of the idea that there are consequences for every single one of your actions, and that if you take a shit poor decision, then it's going to result in shit poor consequences. I, I'm 100% in favor of that. What I'm saying is that. There are no actions that are inherently evil or inherently good, and I do not like the idea of labeling things as inherently good or inherently evil. I believe that thing that that behaviors and choices and actions are just inherently what they are. Break here. Maybe you can um Break here cannot help. I think he might be able to help me. I don't think that um, Brick here can help because Brick here and uh, I have he, had this he, conversation many times. He's more on the secular side, but he, he he vibes with me on the spiritual side, and I think maybe you're trying to pin me of something as somewhat of a dualist, and I'm not sure. I don't think that I'm a dualist in the way that you're thinking. Okay, I will now empirically prove that subjectivity doesn't even exist. This should help. <laughs> There will be no consequences to this whatsoever. Oh, oh, but, uh, this is this is just going to be a fucking whole non sequitur. Let's go, Breaker. Okay. Um, is the only way to verify the truth of any given phenomenon an empirical scientific methodology? Certainly not. Okay, so there exist things in the universe that are self-evident and self-valid and contain their own truth component, whether you're looking at them, observing them, or tinkering with them, regardless. What is a woman? I don't need the scientific method to tell me what a woman is. It's going to be context. a bit harder than what I thought. <laughs> but he's, he, makes, he's, he, he says that good and evil are clearly just in, in the human context, but then They're like, not. so is what a woman is, because that's a human concept. Is like a, woman, a woman is a human female. Is a woman good a or female. evil? I mean, maybe for the most part, maybe, maybe a woman is mostly evil, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think that a, that a woman is inherently good or evil. A woman is a woman. I, okay, I, I, didn't, so. I didn't speak as to whether they were inherently good or evil. I said that they're like, that a woman 
is a human concept. Like, it's specifically human. No, it's not. Uh, a woman would exist. Female. A woman no, a would, exist. would exist. But I... Okay, fine. Um... Okay. That's that's like saying that uh, that a bitch only exists in the context of humans. Like, okay, a female dog exists outside of the context of humans, but then human beings call a female dog a bitch. Um, so, okay, fine. So why would I? Why would when I? When it comes to the semantics, that didn't have a human perspective. When it comes to the semantics, yes, okay, fine. A bitch wouldn't exist outside of the context of humans. It would merely be a female dog. And a woman would not exist outside of the context of humans. It would be merely be a female human, but at this point this is a this is a stupid argument. Yeah, there's something missing here. This goes I, back I, to the objectivity and subjectivity problem that I'm ultimately having with you because there's a lot of things that you put into a purely subjective that are ultimately contingent on some type of obs observational agent in the universe like the human emotions for example being like subjective like morality itself being subjective but the problem i have with this is either there exist things in the universe that are basically subjective and will only ever be subjective. And there is a separate category of things in the universe that are objective and will only ever be objective that are distinct categories with no overlap. Do you start to see the problem? Are you asking me or him? Uh, mostly General Chief, but I think I already know how you're going to answer that, Parallax, so this is like a General Chief type of thing. Uh, well, ultimately, um, human beings, uh, do not have a perfect knowledge of reality, uh, so we really only have a subjective claim on objective reality. That, that is just facts. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily lessen our pursuit of, of knowledge and our pursuit of what is objective. Uh, we can never know anything to perfection, but we can try to know things pretty good. Uh, that's, that's, that's how the human pursuit of knowledge works, uh, with or without the scientific method. That's objectively preferential to do so rather than to not do so, right? Like it's in your interest as a as a replicator to pursue a more perfect, if not a perfect knowledge. That's not necessarily true. Um, for instance, uh, there are many replicators that do not, actually most replicators uh, are not interested in knowing the truth further. Um, most humans are not interested in knowing the truth further uh, because it and does not. It, it, uh, hold on, hold on, because it, it does not benefit um, them replicating themselves. Uh, wolves do not care about knowing the truth. Um, alpha chads who just want to fucking play football and fuck the Stacys uh, don't care about the truth. In fact, um, in many instances, uh, trying to pursue the truth does not benefit you from an evolutionary perspective. In some cases, it does. In many cases, it does not.
Well, with that, uh, with that, with that, uh, that needy sigh, uh, I think that uh, we have reached the, uh, the the fucking two hour and thirty minute line. Actually, we've gone above that. Uh, I would have usually stopped this conversation like twenty minutes ago, uh, but we were having a good chat, so uh, I let it go. But uh, I think that. Uh, with that, we can probably draw this one to a close, unless uh, uh, either of you uh, guys uh, want to say any uh, closing remarks. Uh, no, I, I'm okay. I'm gonna trash you after business. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> well, Why yeah. don't you waddle through the beer cans? <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. No, smash that beer can. I'm ready to fight now. <laughs> well, uh, the show's stopping. I don't have to be nice to you anymore. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, Breaker, any uh, any any final uh, words of wisdom for the for the for, for the public? I don't actually think the object-subject dichotomy exists at the most fundamental levels, which I will expound upon briefly. Hopefully, I'll touch upon this again in a future show. We've already talked about this before in a past show with the moral nihilism argument, but this will, this type of thing will keep coming up, and this will be like an ever-present thread of drama and conflict between all of us as time goes forward. So expect to see more of this. Hopefully, next week we'll have more fucking news to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm detecting a dualism in this that I that needs to be fished out. Well, this is good. This is good, and um. Uh, Parallax, I, uh, I, uh, I have enjoyed having you on the show because, um, uh, uh, Breaker and I, uh, uh, we either agree on too many things or, uh, he doesn't put up a fight about enough, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but you do. And so this is, uh, this is constructive and I, I always enjoy having the fight, uh, cause I, I, I like, I like debates. I like having the fight. Let's go. Uh, oh, exactly. But uh, anyway, uh, with that, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, remember to if 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 you like what we're doing here, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, yeah, we will sign off. Peace out, everyone. Later, Gators. Ah.